raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. The Indianapolis Colts football is on the air. Welcome to Lucas Oil Stadium, the site of week one in the 2023 regular season between the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ball on the right hash. Lawrence, all by himself, takes a shotgun snap to pass. Plants, shuffling right, still looking, scanning, turns. Now he rolls to the left side, looking for the end zone, fires off platform, and that's a catch for a touchdown, and it's Calvin Ridley. In motion right side, Deion Jackson. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Jackson stays in as the back, grants in the motion to the left side. Two receivers, right ball in the near hash. Richardson, RPO, fakes it. Now he's going to screen it left side to Pittman. He's got a crease. He's at the 20, 15, 10, 5, racing for the pylon. He's in. Touchdown. Touchdown, Michael Pittman, Jr. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Lawrence. Plants in the pocket. He's hit as he throws. The ball is out. There's a fight for it around the 35-yard line. Get the ball. The play is still going. Pick it up. The The Colts pick it up. It's DeForest Buckner. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Stretching for the pylon. Touchdown. Touchdown for the defense. DeForest Buckner picks up a live football and races the other way for a score. Lawrence out of the gun. Bixby stays in as the back. Shotgun snap. Hands off to Bixby. He walks in. Untouched. Touchdown for the Jaguars. And the defending AFC South champs. They will not go quietly. They're back on top. It's 23-21. Richardson on play action. Great protection. Stands in. Wheels it upfield, and it's picked off. Jacksonville picks it off. It's Tyson Campbell. 4-15 to go in the fourth quarter. Here they're going to run it with ETN. Starts right, cuts off left. He's at the 20. He's at the 10-5 touchdown. Jacksonville outscores the Colts in the last handful of minutes, 14-0. And they win by 10, 31-21. That's the final score. That, of course, the voice of Matt Taylor and the Colts Radio Network put together by Eddie Garrison. That intro from yesterday, Colts and Jaguars. Good afternoon to you. Jake Query here along with... Jimmy Cook, the CEO of the company that you're listening to, is Eddie Garrison, who is flying controls. Jimmy, the president, and you folks all making up the company. We have branches now in Avon. We have a branch, I believe, near Fort Wayne, one in Hamilton County as well. For all of you as the Colts, season is now officially underway. The NFL Week 1 is uh, in the books, if you exclude tonight's Monday Night Action. So there is plenty to talk about. We will begin simply by saying on a Monday, good afternoon to both of you. Jimmy, you're wearing uh, your soccer kit. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Rubbing the soccer kit today. Okay. I, I, so I, I wanted to wear something USA related as today is 9-11 and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to wear and this is one of the more comfortable USA shirts that I have. So that's what I wore. Okay. Um, Eddie with the Indy 500 hat, he had said the other day that you have rotation of those, right? Yeah, I've got a couple of them. Um, good weekend for you guys. Great weekend. Was, I know. Understand it might not be the best for Colts fans, given that there was a, a bit of a tease we'll get into with that game, where it looked like maybe they were going to finally end the season opening streak. But yeah, football's back. The college football slate delivered. Texas Alabama was you know a highlight reel package all night long on Saturday night, and then yesterday's slate 
I told you my teams to watch for from a Sunday ticket standpoint. Miami delivered. Uh, Dolphins Chargers was the highlight of the afternoon window. It was a great game. You know, the um, speaking of college, by the way, and, and obviously we're going to focus primarily on the Colts today, but I had told you, Jimmy, that, and, and open disclaimer, I was at the IndyCar finale in Monterey, Laguna Seca, so I didn't see a lot of these, a lot of games on Saturday. I mean, I was following them, but you know, I'm calling qualifying and the Indian X race and everything else. And the time difference is just so bizarre because you're, you, you know, don't you get, get to p- enjoy all the luxuries of the West Coast time zone when you're uh, actually working. So weird, man. <laughs> and like, it, the weirdest thing about it is you get up to go to the racetrack yesterday. You know, we we I think we met in the lobby of the hotel at seven forty five or eight, and we take off. And you get to the racetrack, and the Indian X race, I think, began at 10, which is 1 o'clock. And so, like, the NFL games are kicking off. And so you're still in the morning, like, getting your groove, and yet, like, the the rest of the world is, like, up and running, right? It's, right. it's very odd. But from a college standpoint, I, I had to follow most of the college action on Saturday just via my phone. And I had told you, and I'm impressed now, not that I wasn't already, but I think Notre Dame is really good, and I think that was a good test for them because North Carolina State is not a bad team, Jimmy, as I told you. And, you know, they hung around, and, and of course, you had a huge delay in that game. But um, but when they needed to, Notre Dame, obviously now having a quarterback is huge for them, and when they needed to, they were able to hit the accelerator. I started to get some PTSD during that rain delay. Notre Dame fans will remember this. The 2011 opener against USF, they fumble on, like, the one-yard line opening possession of the game great save there by Eddie Garrison by the way off camera and one of our cameras decided to just jump to the left and Eddie with a one-handed snag right there the former catcher and Eddie Garrison it's a great job by him but uh, Notre Dame's driving As the CEO you've got to do these yeah, things he, he, he is aware of I'm not giving hats. credit to a CEO I mean they, 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 that's what <laughs> oh, they you, do you right? expect him to be able to do that's that right. okay I understand Eddie I take it back that I gave you too much credit for that one-handed snag Notre Dame like fumbles at the one-yard line USF takes it house and the whole game was marred by just bad play by the Irish a massive rain delay Game didn't end until 7 o'clock, and Notre Dame's up 3 nothing when this game goes into a rain delay, and I'm thinking to myself, this just has bad juju written all over it. I don't know how things are going to go, and the restart definitely benefited the Irish, but you mentioned it, Jake. Andy Staples, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, mentioned it when I glossed over the Wolfpack as they are a real test because of how good they are defensively for Notre Dame, and they whooped them. They whooped him post-rain delay, particularly in that fourth quarter, outscoring him 21-7. to Sam Hartman looked all the part of, he's not going to win it because there's better quarterbacks than him, but all the part of a, all the part of a Heisman caliber quarterback, 15 for 24, 286, four touchdowns. Their first real test, like I said, now feels like Ohio State, but other people pushed back on that, said it was NC State. They answered the call. They're 3-0. They're now ranked ninth in the AP poll, and they're chugging right along for that date in two weeks against the Buckeyes. Okay, so let's get to yesterday's action. Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, begin with this. I thought it was – I had to get a kick out of the fact that the roof was closed. I get it. That That, that is the most – and I promise I'm going to give myself 20 seconds here. Uh, Lucas Oil Stadium is a fabulous facility. It's beautiful. It brought a Super Bowl to Indianapolis. I will forever for that be grateful for it, despite the fact that it's the most highly publicly subsidized building at the time of its completion in United States history. Um, Having said all of that, uh, I think it was poorly constructed. I've always said that. I will maintain it. As a matter of fact, you can put it on my headstone as my epitaph. Uh, Jake Quarry, 1972, hopefully a, a couple of years from now. And then underneath it, thought Lucas Oil Stadium was poorly constructed. 2075. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, 
because it's it's a beautiful building, no doubt. But like just trying to walk, you know, oh, it's got wide concourses. It's got escalators that that pour into an area where people are standing around. There escalators of death. That's going to be uh, the undoing. And then it literally you added on an extra fifteen percent of the price tag for a retractable roof, and then forgot about the fact that it has no drainage system, so you can't have it up if there's even a one percent chance of rain somewhere over Dubuque. And then if it's too hot because of the way the sun angles are on it you have half of the crowd that is absolutely sitting there like roasting in the sun so you have to keep the roof it's a day it's a day game at guaranteed rate field effectively like you experienced a couple weeks ago that's exactly right so it's like you know what but that's the end of my pessimism all right that is it because when you look at lucas oil stadium you can look at it and say when you think of the stadium You think of the stadium in your mind and you visualize it and you think about like the aerials when you're watching a game. When you visualize Lucas Oil Stadium, you you either visualize it with the roof open or the roof closed. And for the last five years, the Colts haven't won a season opener in 10 years. And for the vast majority of those seasons, when you anticipated and thought about the Colts' season, going into it, even with truth serum put in them, 75% of Colts fans going in the last handful of years, with some exceptions, going into the years, certainly the last five, let's say, went into it, and when they thought about their beloved stadium where their team played, they saw it as roof closed. There was no endless possibility of where things can go where the sun can go it's roof closed you knew exactly what you were getting going into it Carson Wentz maybe gave people a little bit of hope for like a month but I think Matt Ryan everybody knew uh, okay am I really excited to go out and watch 38 year old Matt Ryan or whatever he was am I really excited Philip Rivers is a nice player but I know he's only going to be here two years at most didn't get that Am I really excited? There was no... You you felt like it was a Band-Aid all the time. Yesterday, I know that people would have liked to have seen the Colts win. Yesterday, I know that people would have liked to have seen, I don't know, 26 total rushing yards from their running back room. (laughs) Yesterday, I know that late in the game when things were within striking distance, that people would have liked to have seen offensive execution or seen of the two teams, the one that snatched victory from the jaws of potential defeat being Indianapolis and not Jacksonville. But for the first time in the last five years, people left the game yesterday thinking to themselves, when it comes to this franchise, the roof is wide open. And I think people are optimistic. I think Anthony Anthony Richardson yesterday to me. Yes, would you have liked to have seen him have a second drive like he had where he had a drive that was basically perfection in scoring his first NFL touchdown and doing it on the ground? Did that was that a microcosm of everything that he could be as a quarterback? Yes. And that first and the first scoring drive, yes, that was that was why he was drafted in the top five. Eleven plays, seventy five yards is a champion championship level drive. Yep, totally with a touchdown. Yep. And, and yes, it's in the first half of game one. Does not a career or season make? And there have been plenty of players, 
plenty. I could give you a long list of players that after one quarter or one game or one season, you thought had all the makings and it fizzled out quickly. Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel, Justin Fields, is he going to be in that mix? Although, you know, Justin Fields had mixed bags as a young player, but, you know, there are are a million of them. You could also look at guys that that got out to starts and you thought, eesh, I don't know, man, this is rough. They turned out to be fabulous, you know, franchise-changing players. So you never know, but I do think that there is finally, Jimmy, and this is the big thing, there is finally excitement about being a Colts fan. I think Colts fans are excited. I think they're optimistic. The Jonathan Taylor situation is, I mean, obviously the, the the percolating that that has done now is starting to bubble over because, wait a minute, Taylor might be healthy. We'll get into all of that. What can they get for him now? Or should they use him out there? Or how much is his agent must be just absolutely loving what took place yesterday? All those things come into play. But from the get-go, Jimmy, this season was about one guy and one guy only, for the most part. And yesterday, I think that guy, and this is all you can ask, yesterday, once again, you saw, as you saw in moments in the preseason, but now it's for real, you saw the glimpses and the flashes as to why everything this season is about the development of one guy. There were two drives. You mentioned the first one. And then the second one, I would argue, just as impressive, where he ends up calling his own number and scoring six, just walking into the end zone. That was the first drive for the Colts to begin the second half. And they're down 14-7 going to the locker room. So again, it's going to be minor things. Like Jake mentioned, a Hall of Fame career is not made by just one game by any means. A franchise quarterback is not made by one game. But there were enough flashes where, okay, you see the picture that's forming, and that's what this season should be about. That's not to say that it's going to be that every game this year, but if those type of games outweigh the bad ones that come with rookie quarterbacks, you're going to be happy. The other thing I would point to, and if this continues, you're going to be ecstatic if you're a Colts fan. 65% completion percentage for Anthony Richardson. 24-37. I know he had the pick. You figured he was going to have... Vegas thought he was going to have a pick. It was minus 150 going into the game. It finished at minus 170 for him to throw at least one interception. And again, those mistakes are going to happen for rookie quarterbacks. But all in all, he never really looked... He didn't look overwhelmed by the moment. Yes, there were inaccurate throws at times, but the balance of what he can do as a runner and as a passer, if that's how it develops forward this year, yes, Colts fans should be very excited I do get it, though. There's that initial reaction of if you were a Colts fan that maybe isn't focused on Anthony Richardson and is focused on just the team, which is good. You're a good fan if you're doing that. You feel like when DeForest Buckner with his long wingspan does a scoop and score because the Jags forgot to run through the tape and play through the whistle, you're thinking to yourself, hey, we might win this thing. And then once again, it's another loss on opening day. So I get those type of emotions are there, and it's probably a little frustrating because you thought hey, maybe we're going to walk out of there with a win. But as you reflect and as you move away from that loss and you look at what Anthony Richardson did, which is what this season is about, I'm giving him a passing grade week one from what I saw out there against the Jacks yesterday. You know, one of the things that I thought for Anthony Richardson was kind of a good news, bad news situation. The the good news, I, I guess the bad news was that it took Michael Pittman Jr. a while to get going. Yeah. And he was very reliant, Richardson was, reliance maybe the wrong word, he was comfortable in going to Josh Downs early. And 
I have always felt that. For young quarterbacks, there has to be that receiver that's just their safety net. The analogy I always use, Jimmy, is when you're playing – did you ever play um, – well, I mean, if you're playing horse. I mean, who hasn't played horse with their buddies in the driveway? Yeah. When your shot's not falling, eventually you go back and you're like, I'm just going to go back to to doing a couple of free throws or like layups to just kind of get yourself in rhythm, right? Yeah. So you go in that. Yeah. And I think for a quarterback – those layups and free throws there is always that player and maybe it's Josh Downs that's just kind of his layup of like let me get myself in rhythm and then things start open up and, and Pittman ends up just shy of you know 100 yards for the day and eight receptions so I thought that was a good sign that Richardson was able to kind of get footing out from underneath them without being overly reliant on the guy that is clearly going to be his biggest and most consistent target one would think over the course of the year in Michael Pittman Jr. By the way, Don Fisher going to join us coming up about 15 minutes. We'll talk a little college football. Joe Wright's going to join us on the program at 2 o'clock uh, as the Colts will be the predominant part of the conversation today. But I had mentioned last week, you know, when we decided that we want to know what, you know, what part of the company everybody is, right? I mean, if this is Query and Company and those people listening are part of the company, so when you call in, I want you to not only identify yourself, but you got to identify what area you're bringing to the, like, you know, hey, this is Matt. I work in logistics. This is Jim. I work, uh, I'm the official, um, you know, pers- whatever it might be. Uh, Steve's in accounting, whatever. And we have yeah. to remember, we are not hiring someone in HR yet. That's correct. No HR department. They make us nervous. Um, <laughs> but I do want phone calls from people today as well, because it, it dawned on me over the course of the weekend. I thought this is like i want this to be the show for everybody so then we need to incorporate everybody in with it so we'll begin actually the first responsibility that will go to the phone lines for reaction to yesterday's colts game against the jacksonville jaguars with matt uh matt first off welcome to the company you're hired uh you are bringing what area of expertise to the aquarium company well, I guess since I'm out stocking for the uh, Speedway High School concession stands right now, you can put me in the uh, food and beverage department. Excellent. I love that. And Matt, by the way, my goal in life is to get one of the brown and yellow uh, retro Astro-looking Speedway baseball jerseys. <laughs> I actually spoke with you about this last fall. Yeah, well, this has been a goal of mine time. since roughly uh, 1994, so I've pestered a lot of people. I, I will pay, Matt. I will, I'll, make a, what, uh, I'll make a contribution to the concession stand. About an extra large on the size, you think? Yeah, unfortunately, Matt, it's probably a little bigger than last time we Too talked. Right. But okay. uh, XL yeah. would work. XL will work, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll figure something out. I appreciate that. Uh, what's on your mind, Matt? Thanks for calling in. So I, I think, well, yeah, the season, everything is kind of based on uh, Richardson developing. The rest of the roster has to develop, too, because Pittman was completely non-existent until they went prevent. Uh, Pierce couldn't get open on my high school's team right now. Um, they just can't wait until Richardson's good to find receivers because then you've got another year of developing chemistry. Um, the line was mediocre, and obviously there's not an NFL-caliber running back on the roster right now. Um, they, I don't like this mentality of, hey, it's okay to be 3-15 and 15 as long as Richardson gets better. Everybody has to get better at the same time. And uh, I've been one that says sign Taylor and get him in camp. Uh, I, I don't know what they're waiting on. Sounds like the, the latest thing is he's suddenly going to be healthy. So obviously this was a you know a, a hold in. Yeah, I mean Matt, does it surprise anybody that he's been healthy all along? I mean honestly, no, not, does it, you know what I mean. I I think we all knew that, and I'm not saying I'm not calling you out. I'm saying in general, I, I think we all knew that deep down. Like when the 
And, and great points, Matt. Appreciate it. And uh, best of luck. I hope they have Astro Pops at the concession stand. I don't even know if they make those anymore. It's amazing that they were actually still legal. If lawn, if lawn darts were illegal, I don't know how Astro Pops were legal, but... Um, Really good points, especially about the weapons around Anthony Richardson. In terms of the Taylor situation, it kind of segues us to that. It's dangerous to speak in absolutes. So I'm going to speak in I'm pretty certain. Okay? I think that people within football... I think that people within like training staffs and front offices of the NFL and et cetera, when Taylor showed up to camp saying that his back was bothering him, that's not to say that he might not have had a back that was bothering him. But that also, Jimmy, is the hardest injury to definitively find out exactly what's going on with it. And so when a player says, my back is bothering me, that is oftentimes seen within sports as code for, you know what, I'm just going to say I'm hurt. You need something on the card to miss out on training camp. Correct. Correct. And so, you know, it's like when you were a kid and you would tell your mom, like, I I can't go to school today because I think I have a fever. Well, then she took your temperature and you realized, wait a minute, there's definitive proof as to whether or not that's true. So then the second time you said it, you said, I'm nauseous. Headache. Ah, It's just throbbing. Right. And so there's no way to prove that, right? So when Taylor came out and said, I'm not, I want to be very clear. I am not saying definitively that Jonathan Taylor did not have a back injury. But if there is an injury that is more often than not interpreted by league people as, okay, this could be a bluff or a smokescreen, it would be that. Which would mean there was indication that in fact this was as much about contract and feelings and you know, emotion and ego as anything else. And so then, it's not a dumb play, quite frankly. He goes on the pup list and waits to see what happens, and they go out with zero running balance, zero running attack behind Anthony Richardson. So then, what better time than, than to go, see, I'm healthy now in week five, so you guys can just ride out three more weeks of this and let's see how the chips fall and try to increase his value or necessity to then get the extension that he covets it still bothers me though and we're not going to know this until the dust settles either in indianapolis or somewhere else still bothers me what number he's seeking because if the number is still the vague never really confirmed but was thrown out there in rumor mill 16 million or if it is a more reasonable 13 or 14 million dollars a year those are two different conversations for me but see and to me because i'm not i'm not i'm not bending the knee if i'm the colts if the number is still Again, Chapel or Holder, no one confirmed that on the beat that $16 million was the actual number, but we did hear that in circles a bit. If that is the number, I don't care how bad it gets. I'm not paying that to a running back for three years. Jimmy, I, I'm, I'm convinced of this, and I will stand by this. I'm not saying it's right, but I totally understand why yesterday and why throughout all of this process, why – you look at it and you go, if the Colts are going to be competitive, they absolutely need him out there. They need to get this taken care of to be out there. And again, I go back to, unfortunately, when it comes to the long-term vision here, being competitive this year is not necessarily one of the priorities. But to Matt's point, the official Food and Beverage Commission Director for Query and Company, (laughs) to, to Matt's point, it is, in fact, 
probably a key element towards developing him and getting him comfortable. Yeah. By the way, before we get to Don Fisher, I want to let you guys know something. I drove or I flew back last night from San Francisco. Right? <laughs> Did you bring him? I, flight was out of Monterey. Well, the race was in Monterey. I drove yeah. to SFO, which is about two hours. Stopped in Gilroy, California, garlic capital of the world, to go to the outlet mall to go to the Echo store and get not one, not two, but I got three pair of shoes. I have kind of a problem. Um, so, <laughs> so my first back, cologne, now shoes. Okay. It's all, shoes have always been kind of oh. – and watches. Those, those are the three accessories with which I have done. I've gotten better with shoes. I've gotten better. But Echoes are really comfortable. So I get to the San Francisco airport, same flight that I was on, same flight number, um, and – I'm well aware that today is a day that looks exactly like September 11th of 2001. Um, so I was boarding the flight basically is on the East Coast that had already turned 9-11 and I'm getting on a United flight. And you think about all of those things, right? And um, you certainly think about all the people that we lost on this day and what this day means to so many people. And I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to still get together as a people and as a company and as a group here. To, to be able to have fun and, and and move forward. But we reflect, obviously, on the fact it's 9-11. But last night I thought about that, and then I got into the airport, but I got there early. I got there plenty early, and I thought we'd be at the same gate. Well, I was in a completely same terminal, but like a totally different wing of the terminal. San Francisco's a huge airport. As the week before, with the fabulous, world-coveted, world-famous <laughs> shrimp chips, right? The wasabi shrimp chips. And I thought, oh, these guys are, can you believe it? I'm in a totally different, but here's the thing, gentlemen. I had time to kill, and I decided that because I'd gotten a leg cramp in the middle of the night on Saturday night, which was just awful. So I wanted to get a massage at the airport because I had time to kill. So I looked up online where the massage place is, which is no longer there, by the way. I found out after, I guess, the massage that I got was I walked a mile and a half through the airport to go to the former location of the massage place, which just happened to be two gates away Uh from the always coveted gate D3 of the San Francisco airport. So here's the thing. And I know we're up against it and Don Fisher's up next, but Jimmy, I got for you at the fabulous uh, oh i, I love guess, those have you had these yeah the cookies and cream are delicious well, this is pocky they had these at the uh the same chinese restaurant in the san francisco airport that has the fabulous chips that i said you can only get in san francisco and then you found out you can also keystone get it at, at 54th and keystone yep. you can get those uh, at kroger the reason i got the pockies though is because it says share happiness oh and i thought well now who does that better than this program i if no there's one. anything i want out if people ask me the mission statement of query and company you know what it is educate and entertain <laughs> and we share happiness there we go okay so here you go the pockies are oh, for you thank you very much and then eddie i didn't want you left out let's drum, go drum roll please here YouTube it is can see it the always popular are you breaking shrimp them chips baked wheat puff snacks wasabi flavor here we go there you go, Eddie Garrison. The toss has been made. I will While Eddie clears his sinuses, he will also dial up Don Fisher, and the voice of the Hoosiers will join us next, and then we will get to plenty of Colts conversation, including Fred. Stick around. We will get to you as well. I want everybody's thoughts on the Jags and Colts. Joe Wrights joins us later in the program. You are listening to Quarry & Company on a Monday, and you're listening to it on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. More on the Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars discussion coming up. But joining us now on Query and Company, he is, of course, as you just heard, the voice of the Indiana Hoosiers. Resounding win over Indiana State here in game number two for Tom Allen's group. Don Fisher joins us on the program. And, Don, I'll begin with this because I find it a little bit enigmatic, but you obviously would see it with a more nuanced eye. When you're going against Ohio State, you're going against a team that is obviously probably going to be superior to the vast of your schedule. And nothing against Indiana State at all, but obviously in Indiana State, a team that probably is not as competitive as those that you're going to see over the course of the Big Ten season. So with those two games already now in the past, do we still know anything more about Indiana than we did three weeks ago? (laughs) Well, the truth of the matter is, Jake, uh, I've said on a couple of different shows this morning that I do on a regular basis that we really don't know much of anything at this point other than the fact that Louisville will probably give us the test that we're all looking for uh, in regard to what kind of season this might be for this Indiana football team. And I really believe that. I think uh, uh, Louisville is kind of a ball club that they, they are very good offensively. They've got a really good defense. Jeff Brown, of course, is a coach that, as everyone knows, is probably as innovative as any coach in the country in regard to offense. And I just think it's going to be uh, the kind of test that Indiana needs to really figure out where they're at, what they need to do, what, what, what needs to get stronger and better. And then, of course, on top of that, you want to win this ball game and find a way to say, look, if we can knock off Akron, we're 3-1 and one going in to the regular conference portion of the schedule. And that would be really special. Don, with that, I think what we saw in you know game number two against Indiana State, my, my concern about Indiana and the Ohio State game was the old adage that if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, right? Like it's almost like more often than not, teams have success when they even when they have two really competitive quarterbacks where they just pick one and they roll with it. And listen, I thought Taven Jackson was outstanding against Indiana State, probably got that confidence and footing underneath him. And now it appears as though, in fact, it is not a two-quarterback race, but he is going to be the guy for Indiana. That's a, is that a correct statement? That is a correct statement because Tom Allen just had his Monday press conference and he announced that Taven Jackson will be the starter uh, going into the Louisville ball game. So and not just the starter, but he's the guy that they expect to play the entire contest. So Taven has won that job. Uh, based on the first two games of the season and all of fall camp and what they did during the spring and the summer, that type of thing. Um, he is, he obviously separated himself a little bit from Brendan Soresby. I, I guess I look at the, uh, from a positive perspective, I like the idea that they've got two guys so similar in what they're capable of doing and how they go about their business uh, that if one of them happens to get hurt, the other one is there to pick up the pieces in, in, a, in a similar way. And honestly, if you go back to last year and what Indiana went through last year and four different quarterbacks played, 
uh, actually five, if you want to count the walk-on that came in for a short period of time, uh, you don't want to have that situation occur. And injuries factored into last year, just like they have in the previous couple of years. So right now, you're just glad you've got two guys of equal talent. To that end, though, voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, nice enough to take some time with us here on Query and Company. To that end, though, Don, Coach Allen had said earlier this week, or post-game rather, that you have to have a guy that's important, but you have to have more than one who you can play, and he feels like that they have that. Now they name Taven Jackson the starter. This felt like something that had to get done before Big Ten play happened, not just for the sense of consistency there within the team, but also Coach Allen has never struck me as the type of guy that wants any more distractions than already are present in college football around his club. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and, and I think I think that's what every every coach wants to have the guy. They want to have that guy that they know is you know above the others and and can handle the job and and will do it in a tremendous way. But at the same time, you always want to have somebody there that's really close in the same evaluation. And oftentimes, there aren't too many teams in the country that have two of that kind of caliber. So. Uh, in this particular case, and, and look, they're both redshirt freshmen. So these guys are not battle-tested. Even though they've been through two games now, they played Ohio State, offense was very conservative. You really couldn't tell anything for either one of those guys. And then they go into the second ball game, and Tabin just takes off. And you, you just feel like this is a positive situation. It's ra- Rather than a negative for either one of these guys, it's a positive. Both these guys know they're capable of being the guy and want to be the guy, and you know that's how competitive they were going into the fall. I don't think there's any question this is a positive, but at the same time, uh, right now they're still young, and you've got to expect that they're going to make some mistakes. And, and Taven's not any different than Brendan in that category because these guys went back and forth almost every other day uh, having a really good or a not-so-good practice. So I think that's the big the big key that we're talking about. How are things impacted if slash when Dexter Williams gets cleared? Well, we'll see how it goes because that's it's going it's to <laughs> depend on how good – the quarterback that's in there is, and David Jackson right now is the guy. He looked really good on Saturday against a lesser team in Ohio, in uh, Indiana State. But when Soresby came in the ball game, he also did a nice job. It wasn't like he was uh, chopped liver out there. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he did a nice job, and I, I, I'm just glad they've got two guys that they really feel good about. And even though Taven has won that spot. If something should happen, you know you've got somebody waiting in the wings that may have just as much talent. Don, you know what I like is I like any time that a guy, you know, gets maybe his first real opportunity, and, and I know that this guy had opportunity last year, but when a local guy and a guy that, that people around here might have seen play in high school is able to step out for, whether it be Indiana, Purdue, any local school, and and really show what they can do, I always enjoy that. And I thought – uh, Omar Cooper Jr. was sensational against Indiana State. It, is that that's what a young quarterback needs? Is a guy that can become a safety net every game, reliable receiver for them to go to. Was that game potentially anomaly, or is that what was expected of him over the course of the year? Well, from what I have seen, and I've seen Omar. I saw Omar play last year, or at least I saw him in practices last year. Uh, never really got much of an opportunity, 
But I watched that guy last year, and now I've seen him in practices and scrimmages this year. He makes a lot of plays with his hands. He is really talented, a great athlete, and he understands exactly what he's supposed to be doing out there. He did not let me down in any way, shape, or form because I thought when Cam Camper went out of the ball game, I thought, well, this is a real negative unless somebody comes in off the out of that uh, wide receiver room and really steps up. They gave Omar the opportunity, and I was not surprised that he did step up because I've seen him do this in practice. He makes tough catches. He makes catches that are over the shoulder where he's turning around at the last instant before the ball gets there and makes the grab. I just like what I see in this kid. I think he's going to be special. Donovan McCulley also had a really good game. Donovan and Omar were teammates. In fact, McCulley was throwing the ball when he and uh, Omar played together uh, as the quarterback at, at uh, Lawrence North. So you've got you've got some real. Uh, you got three guys, you know, that are right from Central Indiana, Indiana, and Indianapolis, the Greenwood and Franklin area. Uh, that obviously these guys are all special in their own way. And now you've got guys that are local that really can draw in people as well. That the fan base, you know, is loving this, especially in people from Indianapolis and the surrounding area. So to piggyback off that, Don, give me another, whether it be player or just unit. And I know, again, you know, two games does not a season make, right? But they're pretty good. You can get start to get indications of trend. Uh, an area for Indiana this year that you have been pleasantly surprised, a core or a group that has played better than what you expected going into the year? Well, uh, going into the year, I, I wondered about the running back room a little bit because we saw – in my opinion, the best running back in the group last year not get much playing time, and that was Josh Henderson. Uh, I, I thought every time he played last year, he made something happen, but he just never got very many reps in any ball game that he played um, because of Sean Shiver's presence there. And, and, of course, they tried to incorporate Jalen Lucas a little bit too. But And I thought, well, if they, if they would switch Jalen Lucas to a slot receiver position just to give him more opportunities out in the open field – uh, that might be a good thing, but they've got him as a running back along with Josh Henderson, Christian Turner, who's shown in brief amounts of time that he's played thus far that he is a talented running back as well. And then Trent Holland is just a big, strong, physical-type runner, 6'2", 6'3", 240 pounds, and he can pound you, and you've got that kind of back as well. And then on top of that, with, with Turner, and Turner's kind of the combination of a Jalen Lucas and a Josh Henderson combined. He can do both, get, take it up inside. I just think that the running back room is the second best position group that we have right now on this football field based on what I've seen thus far. Some other group may step up as the season rolls along, but honestly, those two groups right now tell me that Indiana has as much talent in the skill positions as they've had for a long time. Don, we know that Tom Allen prides himself on his defenses, and they were often you know, big, big parts of where trips to bowl games were early on in Tom Allen's tenure. Ohio State, there were positive marks there, and I know it's tough to get a real evaluation when they outmatched Indiana State from Jump Street on Friday night. Is it going to be into the meat of the Big Ten schedule before we really get an identity of, wow, these are back to the level of defenses that Tom Allen had in his early years here? I'm not so sure that we won't that we won't know that after this game with Louisville. 
uh, Jimmy. I, I I think this game with Louisville is going to be really important. I, I think it's a, a game that Indiana can win if they play up to their potential and their best. And it's also a game that if they get beat, and it's a significant loss of some kind from a point standpoint, that things could start to spiral negatively. And I say that only because it's Indiana. I mean, for years we've seen them have a really good ball game and then come out the next day or the next game and lay an egg, and, and uh, especially when you expect them uh, to be better. And I, I have great expectations right now for this football team based on what I've seen thus far because I do think that the defense is better. I think that this defense can be really good. The defensive line is much better than it has been over the last several years. Uh, the linebackers are really good, and I think the defensive backs have proven that they're capable as well. But again, we haven't seen them you know, on a consistent basis at this point because there are a lot of new faces back there. So right now, I think it's all up in the air in many respects, but I do think that this Louisville ball game on Saturday is going to tell us a whole bunch about what we can expect the rest of this season. Don, with each um, person that's called in the, the show since this show became named Query and Company, uh, I've decided that the company uh, is not just the company of those of, those of us in the studio, but the, the people listening to the show, I, I want them to feel part of the show. They're part of the company, right? My goal in life is for someone to stop me and say, hey, Jake, I'm part of the company, right? And then and then I say, oh, well, what do you do? And they say, well, I'm the official uh, you know, carpenter of the company. Okay, great. So that we're going to make you, you are the official, you're the president of broadcast um, play-by-play communications for, for the company, Don, because you're the first play-by-play guy we've had on. Um, but I'm curious. If you had not gone into the route of radio play-by-play or radio in general, you most likely would have done what for a living, and as a result, you would have been actually what division of the company of Query and Company? Um, I would have been a factory worker, and I would probably be the last guy you'd ever want to talk to. Okay. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, we need I'm, distribution centers for the company. I, I don't think we can argue that. Don Fisher, <laughs> union president of the Aquarian Company, right? No, I wouldn't. Trust me, I wouldn't be a union president either because I don't like unions. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. Well, that would have been that might have been an issue in the factory, Don. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. You, well. Trust me, I could have got fired from any job that I would apply. <laughs> it would have been it would have been more than just we who didn't want to talk to you if you were in the you were the, the, the union holdout in the factory, right? <laughs> so trust me, the good Lord takes care of fools and idiots, and I'm a comfortable platter. <laughs> <laughs> well, Don, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, look forward to talking to you after the Indiana Louisville game, but have a great week. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. All right, Don Fisher joining us here on the program. Um, what, what 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 kind of factory would you want to work in if you worked in a uh, factory? I got I, all the respect in the world for like there's. I was driving through West Virginia once and, and like late at night, and I stopped in at this diner, and, and there was like a shift change, and so some of the coal mine workers were in there like getting something to eat either before or after work, I guess, and and like, you know, they had their little thermoses and stuff, and like there there was just an element of, almost like an envy from me, like just the. The camaraderie and the teamwork of just hard work, like people that just that, that really work hard. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty admirable. But I think like, I would want to work on like planes or something like really cool or or, or big. I think if I was going to be, don't they involved. make Rolls Royce plane engines here? I believe so. 
You could do that. You could go out and move out west and go to Boeing. I think Boeing had a big office in St. Louis, a big factory in St. Louis. Not Boeing, which is my cousin's company, but Boeing. I tell people, I'm like, yeah, my cousin, uh, Boeing Engineering. They're like, really? That's unbelievable. The airplane guy? <laughs> well, close. Boeing Engineering is still, you know, I'm very proud of that, but it's not Boeing. Do you get free flights? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be awesome if you got free flights? Yes. Uh, we are going to try. Eddie's got the wasabi shrimp chips, and he has been over here. He's asked 16 times now, can I try them yet? Can I try them yet? How about we do it next? Does that okay. sound good? Sounds good. All yeah. right, it's Quarry and Company. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Joe Wright's going to join us in an hour. I want your phone calls on your impressions of the Colts game yesterday because I believe, and Fred, Mike, we will get to you uh, in just a couple of minutes here. I, my guess would be people are optimistic. A loss I know is tough, but the people are optimistic. But we'll, we'll find out. But... Um, before we get there, let, let's do this. Last night in the San Francisco airport, had time to kill, went to go try to find the express spot. Apparently, it's no longer in the D terminal, but I did. That meant that I got to go right back to where I was one week ago tonight when Eddie's been pining. <laughs> Eddie, can you read for us the bag of what it is that I brought back to? For those that are unfamiliar, when I do these trips, I always try to bring back like a little a little gift. Jimmy got his uh, Pocky chocolate sticks. Only because what's the back of it say? What's the motto there? Share happiness. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Share happiness. So Eddie, I, now you got to do shrimp chips that are baked. Uh huh. Yeah. And they are wheat puffed snacks with wasabi. I don't know where the shrimp part comes Kelby. into play. So I open the bag and it does. It's pretty strong. Do you like now. wasabi? I've never tried wasabi. Oh well, here we go. You need to get like a pretty good handful there. And now, I mean, if, if you could, you I do. don't talk with your mouth full. I mean, okay. as the CEO, I shouldn't be the one to tell you these general rules. No. But I'm going to turn off my mic. I don't yeah, want to hear people chewing. So, so Eddie is Eddie's going to go ahead and try the wasabi shrimp chips. Now, I don't believe there's actual shrimp. No shrimp were harmed in the making of these chips. Uh, they are baked. They're basically funyuns. But this is the wasabi flavoring. Eddie is taking the bite. Those are horrible. Excuse me. Those are horrible. I mean, if he's never had a wasabi Ooh. before and you told him to take a big <laughs> handful of them, then Hold this is on. set up for disaster. Hold on. Ha- spicy, on. Eddie? No, it's not spicy. Okay, it's just the combination. Not good. Of wheat and shrimp. This is very tough. Like, of all the endings to this fairy tale that we've had the last mm. two weeks, this is not the path I thought we'd I, end I, on. I'd, li- I'd like to rewind here, okay? <laughs> I'd like to rewind here. Maybe it's a bad batch. I, we can go to Keystone. We're going to get to the Colts coming up. But I have a message for Eddie Garrison, and he might actually be losing a title. Oh, oh no. Ho, ho, ho. Next. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So now we get into the thick of the Colts conversation. And guys, I got to hand it to both of you. I appreciate it this morning because I'm a little tired after coming back from the red eye from the IndyCar finale last night. Landed about uh, 6.30 this morning. And, you know, I managed to get a little bit of sleep on the plane and then took a slight nap when I got home. But uh, we've had a fun first hour, so I appreciate you guys keeping me awake and energized here. Okay, we, those weren't as terrible as okay, they initially well, were. It's probably because I had say, like six of them. Happy to keep you company, I was going to take away the CEO title for you because I literally went, I mean, you had mentioned <laughs> last week that you wanted to try the shrimp chip wasabis, yes, right? I always like trying obscure and different snacks. Okay, have you seen the movie Zombieland? I have not. I okay. have. I'm like Woody Harrelson for Twinkies Oh, man, you. Yes. I was on a quest the entire time. Yep. I mean, literally, everybody's asking me. They're like, when we get to the airport, what do you want to do? Like, we, you know, there were a, a traveling group of people for IndyCar. And they're like, we're all going to go and have uh, dinner in the, you know, at this restaurant. Or we're gonna do- I can't do any of that. I've got to get Eddie's chips. Got to get Eddie's chips. Got to get Eddie's chips. Then I get the chips, right? Then I have to pack them up a certain, a certain way to make sure that the bag doesn't get popped, that, that, that nothing happens to the chips, that they're not irritated. Shipping I, I, and can handling. Anyone, can anyone Correct. vouch for this? I, I bubble. What's that? Can anyone? vouch for this well it was a red eye and most of them were were drugged up but i can for the vouch most part, for it because i've seen inside the bag of shrimp chips and they look like they had just been grabbed off aisle yes, B. Thank you. i'm trying to, i'm trying to get thank the vouching you. of no i gotta get eddie's chips I, I need this part of the validation he got the chips so i know he got the chips but i don't know if it was a top priority you know it was on the checklist track dude michael young do you want me to have him call in no I'm just i'll have michael young call in and he will tell you the importance of the chips Look, I will say, as somebody... And then I bring them back, and what happens? But you poo-poo the whole thing. <laughs> you took one bite, and within five seconds, you're like, eh, okay. That's the larger issue, is that even if you hated them, because this has been the big deal the last hey. 10 days, the, the phrase should have been, oh, these are these are good. You know, and then I tell would Jake feel afterwards, horrible. these were horrific. I would feel horrible if there is someone that is watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the radio right now, and they're like, you know what? Eddie likes these. I'm going to go try them myself by going to Meyer. <laughs> they go to Meyer and they're like, what in the world is wrong with Eddie's taste buds? These are horrible. But now you've tried a couple more bites and you don't have but that same stance as anymore. As they, they were not as bad, no. By the way, I'll give you all the evidence you need. As a fellow person whose brain goes all over the place, the fact that Jake did have the thought and acted upon it shows you that it was on his yes, list. I'm going thank you. I'm leaving for Colorado Wednesday. You guys want me to bring you guys <laughs> anything back in return that's legal? <laughs> I got news for you. Those sh- shrimp chips probably smell like or, or sell like hotcakes in Colorado. You know what I mean? <laughs> probably during <laughs> California, <laughs> too. All right. Uh, Colts yesterday. Again, they get a loss, yes, to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but... I woke up yesterday on my way to the racetrack in California and I'm looking at Twitter and what I'm seeing is the tweet from Jim Mersey saying it's going to be 80 degrees by three o'clock so the roof is closed and I thought here we go and I have I opened the show today by saying I am not a fan of the construction when I say the construction I mean the architecture of Lucas Oil Stadium that's probably an unpopular opinion I think for as big and as beautiful and as um, resourceful a venue as it is, it is poorly designed 
All I hear is people yell about the acoustics all the time. I know it's built for to be a football stadium, but you, but think you can't walk all the way facility. around yes. it. Like if you try right. to the certain levels, you try to you know you're like, oh, my buddy's over in 280. We're gonna go try to meet over to him, and you, you got to upstairs and downstairs and around corners. Indiana and Jones down hallways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's and then you have the escalators of death. Um, but the roof itself, I long ago threw in the towel on trying to figure out when and why it's open, when and why it's closed. Coin toss. What's that? You think it's a coin toss? Like it's I, a, I would like it to be a legitimate coin Abby's flip every pick. day. It's an Abby's hit pick, uh, okay. hat pick. Okay. I, see, I can't even talk today. It's an Abby's hat pick. Okay. Um, but the Colts' season in general, there have been years past where even when they had someone under center that you were familiar with their name, after like a game, you're like, yeah, roof's closed on the year. <laughs> the roof's just closed. And I feel like yesterday was symbolic of the season because even in a loss, in terms of the mindset of the average Colts fan, the roof's wide open and the sky's the limit. Because I think we saw, and it's overreaction Monday, and the overreaction would be Anthony Richardson looked fabulous. That one drive that he had, what, 11-play drive, he was he, he finishes it on the ground, he was good through the air, he hit Michael Pittman at one point for a long play. You saw the quote-unquote arm talent. And he looked pretty poised for the most part for a guy making his first NFL start, let alone one doing it under the age of 22. So there was a lot to be, I think, optimistic about. Yes, late in the game, you saw one team had a rising veteran quarterback that had thrown a pick but shaken it off and made plays and you know a defense that stepped up and the other team did not. But I still think that for the most part, there would be reason for Colts fans to be optimistic. But now I want to hear from them to tell me whether that's fair or not. Fred has been patiently waiting on the program. Fred, welcome to the company. How are you? I'm good, Jake. How are you doing? I'm all right. Now, now Fred, what area are you working as, a, as an employee here for the company? Uh, that would be transportation and logistics, Jake, man. I've, okay. I've been on here before and told you I own my own truck. That's right. Wait, uh, waiting on you to still take a ride with me. Uh, Fred, uh, you know, I'd love to do that. By chance, do you have the, the big horn that the kids do? Have we done that before? <laughs> Jake, man, you, you, you'd be surprised how many times I get on on the road, people pull up beside me and do it and yank the chain. Yeah, yeah. Can you, can you do it real quick for us to lead up the conversation here? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually not in my truck today, man. Can you, can you fake it? <laughs> There we go. All right. That is uh, that is Fred, the official director of transportation here for the company. All right, Fred, what's going on? What's your thought on Anthony Richardson and the Colts? Oh, man. Uh, AR looked pretty good yesterday, man, considering what we've been at here. But I sit back yesterday watching that game, man, just saying what if. You know, what if, what if, what if, instead of, you know, great play, great this, man, look at look at what's going on. Look at our team. All I was saying was, what if? What if JT's back there? What if we have a number one wide receiver? What if we had a real GM? Chris Ballard, I wonder what he was – what was literally going through his mind as he sit there and watched that game yesterday, man? When you get a rookie, when you got a rookie uh, quarterback, every other team that I know, man, they either pay their best player, go out and sign a big name, 
We didn't either. We wasted the first year of a rookie quarterback. You're supposed to maximize that. You know, I, I, like I said, man, Jake, I just sit there and say, what if? Uh, All right, Fred. Well, I'll tell you what. We can talk about the what ifs while it's just me, you, a CB, and the open road, baby. You get a hold on me. I'm road tripping with you, Fred. I'm telling you. And I'm not talking about this. We're not going to just tour around 465. We're going to solve the world's problems on the open road, driving through the somewhere like in southern Illinois, hauling around as the official transportation division. I feel you, big guy. All right. And I'd like to say, man, congratulations, man, uh, on the show, man. I appreciate it, Fred, and call any time. Good points. Again, as we talked about when it comes to the building around Anthony Richardson, that's going to be the question mark this year, Jimmy. People are going to say, you know, I have said with Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, absolutely, yesterday we saw that they need him to win games this year. But the question is, are they trying to win? I'm not saying they're tanking, but is that of priority to them? Fred speaks to a larger issue. It's been in the back of my mind that I've mentioned casually on this show so far because I want to let the season play out to some extent before we're necessarily headhunting. But there is a presumed thought around the league that whenever you draft a new quarterback or you hire a new head coach, let alone doing both in the same offseason – that the general manager that's there is going to have time to build around that team. And I continue to ask Colts fans, and I would ask Jim Ursay and the Colts higher-ups themselves with this process as the season goes on, do you trust Chris Ballard if Anthony Richardson is indeed the guy to build around him? And if you do, my question would be, show me the evidence that Colts fans themselves should have that same level of faith. I don't necessarily think they're wasting a year of him right now, but you're eventually going to have to build around him as a whole. And do you trust Chris Bauer to do that? I don't. That's a good question. It's a really good question as to whether or not people do. Because if you wait and you have the whole, he has three years, he has three years to think about it and build, he has a cushion behind him, then you're squandering Anthony Richardson as a rookie. Yeah, right now I, is fine. Two to three years down the line, you're wasting Fields, an opportunity. Right? Look at yes. Justin Fields. Yes. He's a prime example. That's what you do not want to have happen. Uh, Tony on the line. Tony, welcome to the company. You're hired. What's up? Um, well, first of all, for the company, I would be in the waste disposal department of it. Really? Uh, yes, I, I drive a roll-off for a living, kind of like uh, the big red dumpsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say, hey, you guys bring me entertainment all the time. I've actually won tickets for you or from you. I just wanted to return the favor and honk a horn for you. Oh, yes. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on, uh, Tony. Let me count right. it down. Three, two, one. <laughs> Yes! Woo! Yes! Tony, we appreciate it. That's what it's all about right there, man. Hey, my pleasure, man. You guys have a good day. No waste in that, I can tell you that much. He wasted no time, too. I love it. Uh, Derek, on the program. Derek, welcome to the company. What's up? Hey, Jake. How's it going? Well, first of all, for the company, I'm a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, so you can put me in where you want me. Well, Derek, you're you're a veteran, right? Yeah. Okay, so you are actually the uh, Director of Veteran Affairs for the Querying Company. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> okay, I now... put that on my resume. <laughs> you, you, are, you are, if I'm not mistaken, a diehard, a diehard Colts fan. Um, so your overall impressions or thoughts yesterday, and am I correct in saying that you would be probably more optimistic than pessimistic? I'm a bit more optimistic than pessimistic. Uh, like, but as everyone's saying, I do not believe in Chris Ballard building around the quarterback. I'm, that's the only thing I'm pessimistic about. Really? Okay. So, but here's the thing: 
it, it's really early, Derek. It's really early. But he had – and I do think that there was probably some pressure or expectation, at least in the early, early in the process, for him to take a long look at Will Levis, and maybe he did. And he, he still opted for Anthony Richardson over him. Now, obviously, Stroud and Young were already off the board, but he did not decide to move forward to, to get one of those two guys. So does he earn benefit of the doubt if Richardson does show some flashes of the fact that he at least took the first step by getting him? Uh, in, my, in my opinion, I'm, I'm just not a fan of him. I think he should have been gone, and uh, we should have had a new GM and a new coach. So I'm, I'm not confident in Ballard at all. But uh, as JMB always – is saying he's probably has two to three more years left to build his team. Well, especially now, Derek, I appreciate it. Always good to talk to you, especially now when you draft Richardson that bought him three years right there, right? Yeah, but you, me, and Eddie could have made that pick. Like, like truthfully, uh, it, 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 and he, and he, Ballard, if you gave him truth serum, would probably say the same thing as most GMs would. You should be able to knock out your first round pick every year. You should be able to check it off as a we did it, we got our guy. I get it varies if you're towards the back end of the round, but top five, top ten pick, you should be able to do it. It's after that, the second, the third, the fourth. Where do you find value? Where do you find pieces that you can build around? So, no, to answer your question that you just asked Derek, no, I don't give Ballard credit for that. I do tip the cap that he wasn't swayed and and didn't take Levis because I didn't want that from the get-go. But, no, they made a pick that I feel like a lot of Colts fans, and I can't speak for you, Jake, but myself and Eddie, that's who we wanted him to take with who was there. So, no, I, I don't give him a free pass this year because he did the what we thought, me and Eddie anyway, obvious thing. Hey, Percy, what's up? Speak for you, Jake, for myself and Eddie. Yeah, you got to turn down the radio, Percy. There we go. What's up? Hey, man. Man, what's up? Hey, so I just want to start off by saying, man, I love the show, man. It's, it's really good. But I do feel a, a little bit some kind of way. You know, I was the PBR party treasurer for the <laughs> show. And I was the director of the fan engagement and everything, so I don't know what's happening with my job, and that's not important. Now, now Percy, I, I here's do. the thing, and, now, and yeah. I appreciate it. You, you were the you were the treasurer of our Kevin and Query morning show PBR party, correct? That's right. Okay. That's right. Well, I, right. I don't know if you. Here's the thing. We've done a little bit of restructuring within the company itself, uh, but I'm happy to say that throughout the course of the restructuring, even though we don't have an HR department, we did talk to them, uh, no one lost exactly. positioning. We've simply just reshuffled things. So you are now, okay. and this is the fun part about it, Percy, you are now the treasurer of the PBR party that might be undergoing some different hours of exploration. So that when works. the when the party happens, it might be in a, in a little bit of a different day part, but we're going to make it yeah. uh, bigger and better. That's good by me, man. I feel like Anthony Richardson coming out the tunnel right now, man. I'm good with it. Let's do it. Hey, Sky's the limit, man. We're going to do a, do a PB, PBR midday matinee, and we're going to have clowns there. I'm talking about all kind of clowns like Jim Irsay. We're going to have clowns like Ballard. We're going to have all the clowns there. I'm looking forward to it, man. So you I think Chris Ballard it. is a clown? He wears the face paint. I don't know if it, if it looks like a clown sometimes. I don't know. He wears the paint sometimes. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see if he shows up to the PBR midday matinee, man. And if he shows up like a clown, we'll see. But we're going to have him there, man. All right. Well, Percy, I appreciate it. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we get budget for you to, to deal with as the treasurer of the PBR midday matinee. And the midday matinee maybe means it's a little less expensive. Prices. The phrasing of matinee in there makes me... My, my wallet very happy, Jake. You yes, I agree. Mean? That's a good thing. All right, I want to hear from Paul. Paul, what's going on? Welcome to the company. 
not much, Jake. How you doing, my brother? I am well. Now, Paul, what what area of business expertise are you bringing to the company? Come on, Jake. I'm the mailman. I'm delivering the, the PBR. <laughs> Paul, you are. Let me tell you something. You're familiar with that show, Paul, that's called Always Sunny in Philadelphia? No. Isn't that what's the name of the show? No, is? you're right. You're right. Always yes. Sunny in yes. Philadelphia. Yep. It's a it's a it's Danny on FX. In yeah, it. It's yeah, on yeah. FX. Yep. At any rate, Paul, here's what I love about you. I don't know which area what's your predominant zip code? You're over near Claremont, right? Correct. Okay. From now on, Paul, you are simply always sunny in Claremont. Because every time you call in, Paul, it could literally be a November day where it's 38 degrees, it hasn't seen the sun in three weeks in Drizzly, and you call in and it's like a beam of radiant sunshine that comes in through Monument Circle and you brighten every room you walk into. I, I, we've never met in person, but every time you call in, you're like this upbeat, happy, fun-go-lucky dude. So you're actually, here's what you are, Paul, in terms of querying company. Your actual official title is you are strictly director of giddiness. How's that? <laughs> okay. Okay. So when you call in next time, you got to say, hey, it's Paul here. Uh, DOG sounds weird. So just director of giddiness. That's your title. <laughs> DOG. Yeah, I'm not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. I, I don't want you to be a dog by any stretch. The wife doesn't think you're a dog. Paul I don't might think have that dog. dog in him, though. But we don't Paul know. does we have some know. dog in him. Paul, question is, do the Colts have some dog in them? What do you think? Uh, yes, they do. And that's, that's, that's the one thing I disagree with you about, Jake. Uh, I, I, if Jacksonville is the bar and the Colts were – Above the bar until that uh, uh, punt that changed the whole complexion of the game. The Colts are not far off. Now you put Jonathan Taylor back there. You got to get another receiver to go besides Pittman because from last year to the first game of this year, Alex Pierce is not the answer. I'm sorry. Uh, he had that touchdown pass, and instead of coming back to the ball. He went away from it and let the defender knock it away. Had he got that touchdown right there, we could have played for the game, even though we were behind ten points. I'm I'm not I'm not so far off as far as the Colts not being able to win this division. If they can go two and two before Jonathan Taylor comes back, I think Jonathan Taylor back there with AR five will open it up even more for the receivers and the defense has shown that guess what? We will stop this team, and we just need you to do your job. Had we done our job on that punt coverage, the Colts would have won that game. Had JT played, the Colts would have won that game. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's, 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 it's all doom and gloom for the Colts. If they can go two and two, which this, this next game is a winnable game, let's win this game and win one of the next two games after that. Jonathan Taylor comes back two and two. Let's see what the coach can do with Jonathan Taylor before the trade deadline. Because I'm of the mindset with him back there with AR5 is going to open it up for the receivers. And well, there's no doubt. can be very explosive. Paul, I appreciate it. And it's always good to hear from you, man. There's no doubt about the fact, and there were plays yesterday where 
for Richardson, yes, having a running a legitimate threat back there. I mean, they were able to – they didn't have to stack the box at all, and they knew they didn't, Jimmy, have to stack the box, right? Yeah. So you're, you're automatically taking away and neutering one of the areas that Anthony Richardson's going to have to kind of open things up. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So valid point there, no question about it. Now, again, I go back to – and I maybe I haven't been as clear on this as I should have been, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that the Colts – it's not that the Colts have decided to move on from Jonathan Taylor. I'm not saying that. But I don't know that that the Colts are interested in having Jonathan Taylor signed to a lucrative long-term deal because this year is – a the next two – Taylor's job right now would be to be on the field to ease things for Anthony Richardson no question about that and he would do that no question about it the challenge became if the only way to get that service out of him by his by his standard was to commit to him longer term big time money then that becomes counterproductive because that goes against where they're going to want to be able to put that money elsewhere to build around him so it's kind of a catch-22 but yesterday, with Taylor then coming out, now you know what we knew all along. You know he could play if he has, if if he needs to. It will be interesting to see what happens here by week five because he's on the pup list and he's going to have to be for for three more games. It's also a catch twenty two for Jonathan Taylor. We've stressed this a couple different times the last couple of weeks because if he decides that he wants to suit up and play and try to either earn himself a contract or show that he's healthy so that it opens up the trade market potentially, the Colts still have all the leverage in these conversations. The idea of clamoring by Colts fans for him to be signed and just get him back out there, I get the sentiment behind it, but if the money's not there, I don't want to tie up three years to a running back if it's north of that 13, 14, maybe $15 million a year range. And also, it would be cheaper to have him play out this year and tag him twice than it would be to pay him the long-term contract that he wants. And if you're thinking, well, I think the Colts are probably going to trade him, I was willing to let the Jalen Waddle rumor slide. I was. And that was reported by Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald, who I've always enjoyed his work, and I'm not going to sit here and say that he was wrong in his assessment of that because other people picked it up as well that they wanted Jalen Waddle from Miami. Yesterday it came out they asked the Packers for Christian Watson. These aren't real negotiations. No team is going to give away right. one of their top wide receivers for a position that nobody values anymore. So if the thought was, oh, they're just going to trade him once he's done – are they? Because what they're asking or what they're reportedly asking is not going to get Jonathan Taylor anywhere else but grumbling at West 56th Street slash Lucas Oil Stadium. By the way, you can, and we'll continue the conversation, you can join the fan on Wednesday, the 20th of September from 10 until 4. That's a week from this Wednesday, by the way. 10 until 4 for the Radio 1 Martin University Career Fair, which is supported by Quest Diagnostics. Get your foot in the door. You can have your resume reviewed by HR professionals and get a free headshot all one week from Wednesday from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. at Marion University. For more details, head to 1075thefan. That is our station website, 1075 thefan.com. Speaking of exactly that, we'll get more Colts opinions during our live online job interviews for the Quarry and Company. We'll do it on the other side. It is Quarry and Company 93.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Now, one thing that I would request of, of people, and this is going to stun people, I realize. I, I may not remember the title of all people that are joining our company. So when you call in, if you're a repeat caller, you have to reference what your title is. Now, I'll remember that Paul is the director of giddiness. But there are others that I, that I, I will become confused by. Um, Just like you're at a business luncheon. Just introducing yourself with Correct. whatever your job title is. Correct. Yeah, you know, it, it's like speed dating, right? Exactly. You, you speed date. You, you know, you're, you're. That's what we're doing here. We're just we're just sifting through applications of people. Everyone. The thing is, though, it's not really a, a, an interview process because we're hiring everyone, right? It's like the signs you see from different universities about their 99% uh, job placement rate. Well, this is near 100% acceptance rate for a If we company. were a university, we are a 100% acceptance rate with very little weed out through the uh, first semester courses. This is a really good point, by the way, from RC, director, by the way, of aviation for the company. Uh, he says, Jake, the Jags keyed in on dump down passes all day the Colts never tested things deep there is you know Richardson's got a cannon of an arm there's no doubt but they have the Colts right now the area for me that would be of concern they don't have separation receivers Alec Pierce is supposed to be that guy I he's got to get on track you know he's got to get on track I should say and get going here but it's difficult to to develop a deep ball game and this is where Jonathan Taylor does become important, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're a defense, you're like, well, pfft. they got 24 yards rushing between like nine different people back there. Let's just drop everybody back and make them make them be and take away the middle zone and, and good night, right? Yeah, not difficult. The only other thing that hasn't been mentioned yet by callers today, and I don't know if this is concern necessarily because we've highlighted why this happened, but. The two for 12 on third down is a big yikes. Shane Steichen addressed that afterwards, both fourth down as well. One for five on the day in fourth down conversion scenarios. You got to be able to win in short yarded situations. You also have to be able to win when you need to move the sticks. And that's something that I'd be surprised if it continues all year. Conversely, though, you look at the other side, Gus Bradley and the defense deserve a lot of credit in this game. A, three for 12 were the Jaguars for their down efficiency. And B, Maybe late in the second half, particularly the, the running game when it's finally started to kick in with Tank Biz, Bigsby and Travis Etienne. But from a passing standpoint for the Jaguars' vaunted offense, they worked for everything. Like, you go look at their scoring plays or Jacksonville's big drives, there weren't a ton of broken plays. It was just some great throws by Trevor Lawrence and some great separation that the Colts want by their receivers that Jacksonville already has in theirs. You know, Lawrence is a good example, though. I, I, I'm not saying that Anthony Richardson is Trevor Lawrence. But Trevor Lawrence, early in his years, I mean, he's only in year three, but early in his games in Jacksonville, the knock on Trevor Lawrence was that he missed open throws or he didn't put the ball at times where it needed to be. And there was question whether or not he could stabilize that and find consistency. He had a throw yesterday 
you know, that fade into the corner kind of against his back foot. That's why you're patient with it, right? That's why you're patient with it. And you throw into that. And I know that he got stopped on a fourth and one, but I mean, he also had 11 yard scamper at one point. I mean, he's athletic. So Richardson's a different variation. I'm not saying he, Lawrence is probably more the original pure pocket passer. And then late in college, they started utilizing his legs. Richardson, probably the other way around. They utilized his legs and then started to, to try to develop pure pocket passing. And we'll see whether or not that pocket passing, you have time. But Lawrence is the prime example that it takes time. Correct. And granted, I don't know if I think it's year Doug three Peterson. is when you really start yes. to, yeah. If it's Doug Peterson from year one, I don't know if the struggles are still there. I really don't. It was well documented, the failure that was the Urban Meyer era in Jacksonville. But they were there. He had to learn and grow from them. And now you're here in year three at a real benchmark year of not to say a quarterback can't still have a career in the NFL, but it is a push comes to shove type of year for a quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, one game sample size and what he did to end the year last year appears to be thriving. Justin Fields again, one game sample size. You're starting to shake your head in Chicago a little bit of, okay, we need to maybe not overreact just yet, but Caleb Williams is waiting in the wings potentially and, if things go south. And for poor Fields, the problem is they didn't draft you, him. Is they they just haven't built right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean he's had already unst- instability around him. Two three nine ten seventy is the telephone number. It's where we go right now. And Rick joins us on the program. Hi, Rick. How are you? I'm doing well, Jake. How are you doing? Uh, I cannot complain. It's a glorious and beautiful day outside. Uh, Rick, you you are you you've already been hired by the company here, right? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, did you need the accountant? <laughs> we do, Rick. I, I know this will stun you when I tell you this. I have zero clue how to do my taxes. Can you do my taxes? Well. Usually people call me in if they run afoul with the Federal Communications Commission, and that's why I come into play. <laughs> well, we haven't gone public yet, but that could be on the table. Rick, I got news for you. We're, we're definitely, from now on, you are simply going to be known as Retainer Rick. How's that? <laughs> Does that work? That works. Yeah. Hey, a okay. couple of things real quick. Did you hear Chris Collinsworth uh, make a backhanded uh uh, slight against Jonathan Taylor when talking about the running backs. And, and they were talking about it, him and Tarico for some time during the course of the program. And Collinsworth was from the frame of mind that, well, you know, the running back should go in there and at least fulfill his contract. And I got the feeling that Collinsworth uh, thinks that JT is just uh, uh, not hurt. Well, and I think now, Rick, listen, as I had mentioned earlier, and, and good point, Rick, and let me tell you why. When Jonathan Taylor first came out and, and reported to camp and failed the physical and said that his back was bothering him, in no way, shape, or form is this my attempt to discredit or call jo- or, or, or question the scruples of Jonathan Taylor. He may well have tweaked his back working out. I'm not saying that's not the case. However, in talking to people who've been around the NFL and just sports in general from an, you know from a managerial standpoint for a long time, one of the 
injuries that players often use, which is code for, I'm not interested in practicing right now, is the back injury because it's the hardest to diagnose. You know, if a guy comes in and says, like, look, I tore my knee in the offseason, you can do an MRI and find out he tore his knee. If a guy comes in and says, I got a fracture in my foot, you can do an X-ray and find out he's got a fracture in his foot. Guy says, my back's bothering me. It's pretty tough to figure that out. So there was a lot of speculation that that might have been an embellished injury by Taylor, an embellished injury by Taylor, in order to give himself an out or a leverage. And then all of a sudden, you saw now that his value seemingly is higher than ever because there's tangible evidence now of what happens with this quarterback when he's not out there. And it's guess what? I feel better. But he's already on the pup list, Rick, which is the challenge because that's a four-game thing. I would imagine Collinsworth also was was talking about that because they were doing the Giants game, and Barkley, of course, ended up. You know, he he Barkley's another one that kind of drew that line in the sand, but it didn't take long for him to cross back over it. You know what I mean? Sure. Do you think that um, the teammates are getting disgruntled with Taylor? I mean, I could see where they could relate. Where hey, he's got to get his, but. You know, everybody's putting it out on the line, and if he is just slinging the bag, then, you know, that's just not going to cut it. Rick, it's a fabulous question, and it's one that it would be disingenuous for me to say that I know for certain the answer. However, I do the best I can in determining the answer based on this, and that is talking to people that probably would be able to know that. And while my general assessment would be, and I appreciate the call, Rick, uh, and we're going to keep you on retainer. Uh, while my general assessment would be that players would understandably be disgruntled and disenfranchised with Jonathan Taylor because it's like, look, man, I'm out here doing my thing. Like, where are you? In talking to people who have been around those situations, both from a coaching and a teammate standpoint, more often than not, what I'm told is that players understand that that players are like, look, I get it. Everybody's got to get theirs. And to an extent, he's probably seen by some of those guys as a representation of, you know, the things that they also are going to want want to get met for themselves when it comes time to extensions and things like that. So I do think that in terms of the locker room being disgruntled with Jonathan Taylor, that is probably more assumption and creation of mind of fan or media than it is reality inside the locker room. Everybody on that roster, and we've talked to former players about this too, at some point, tune out distractions, and we have a job to do. We can't be worried about on game day what Jonathan Taylor's doing or why he isn't here. Does the fact that he's on the pup list and wouldn't be able to be out there anyway probably help things a little bit? Sure, but but to your point, Jake, it is more a hard thing not to do as a fan or as media members to think, oh, is it is that really causing friction within the Colts locker room? No, because they realize what they have in the locker room, what's there, and they're going to go into battle with the people that are out there with them right now. That's not JT and I mean, maybe if you're Deion Jackson or Evan Hole or somebody in the running back room, maybe you're like, well, this isn't how this is all supposed to go. Maybe for like a fraction of a second, but then you're back to work today on Monday and ready to prepare for next week. Deion Jackson's got to be one that's like, yeah, boy. I mean, that was <laughs> that was a less than stellar performance, yeah. undoubtedly. I mean, it was that was not a good performance. By the way, this from Chris, uh, and we have our first kind of predicament here, right? Oh. Hey, Jake, I'm in the company. I'm also a painter by trade. May I be? A, may I apply to be the company painter? Here's the problem. 
So I do a lot of freelance work, as you do too, Jimmy, I know. And in the freelance capacity, I, I started an LLC. So like my actually did or you're no like no no I did jokingly my, my, labeled my buddy LLC. Mark Dutton okay. I grew up with as a is a tax attorney, so I mean I did this all above board or whatever. But so Dutton formed an LLC for me to be able to put like some of my freelance money in and you know whatever else and, and to do all the taxes on it because you get like a million different W twos or whatever they're called. I don't know. I don't understand that stuff. So he said he goes well Jake if you've got an LLC I need to name it. It has to be any, and I said, well, what do I call my LLC? And he said, it doesn't matter. It can be called anything. And he said, why don't you just call it, he goes, just for example, when you do play-by-play, you're painting a picture for everybody, so I'll just call it Query Painting. Uh, I said, okay. So I have an LLC called Query Painting. Query Painting LLC is an actual company. So it's kind of tough to hire the official painter of Query and Company because now you're getting into murky areas, right? Yes. You're getting, you're getting into some gray areas there in terms of that. We can put them in a design department, but we also don't want to take away from our future graphic designer, whoever that's going to be. So we need to figure out a way to still have that's right. a, a painting that's right. group. All we do have a graphic balancing. designer, don't we? Yeah. yeah, we need to have a graphic designer. Yep, indeed. But that's the other thing. And, and folks, believe me when I tell you, don't be concerned if you have a title that's already been assigned. Right, because the more the merrier. You can't imagine the manpower that's going on behind the scenes. That's so right. the more the merrier. Yeah. Uh, Joe Wrights joins us in 14 minutes. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba da ba ba ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sad to hear the story about the lead singer of this band uh, passing away. I guess that was the end of last week, right? Mm-hmm. 56 years old, I believe. Um, a week ago today, actually. Was it a week ago today? Mm-hmm. Okay. Joe Wright's going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. Caleb, Mike, Michael, Colin, Rick, stick around. We will be taking calls in the second half of the 2 o'clock hour if you want to call back or if you uh, will be continuing our hiring process for the company. Quick trivia question for you guys before we get to Joe Wright's. Uh, flying on the plane, oftentimes as I do, when I if I have an over two hour flight like to the West Coast and it's in daylight hours, I always request the aisle seat so that I can get up and walk around a little bit because I get a little bit restless. I know it's stunning. Uh, if I'm flying back on one where I'm going to sleep, I request the window seat. So I was on the aisle and flew, of course, on Friday out to Monterey and went back to the back to throw away my trash or whatever and. One of the attendants is back there. It was actually, there were two guys that were working the flight, nice guys. And I said, Hey, question for you guys. They go, Okay. And I said, Where are you guys based out of? And they said, Well, we're an LA based flight. And I'm like, Okay, well, then this is a perfect, you guys are the perfect people to ask. How long have you been doing this? Both of them said like 30 years. I go, Who is, tell me the coolest celebrity you've ever had on your flight? In terms of like the nicest. I don't mean like the biggest name, but just the overall nicest. See, I know the answer to both of your questions. Oh, because you saw the tweet. Yes. Do you know, Jimmy? I didn't see the tweet. Oh, thanks. I can play. Um, 
What do you mean? Oh, thanks. You don't follow me. I, I don't. He doesn't follow no. me either, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Right. See. See now who's now feels oh. awkward and, and tough in the company. Phone's got some sort of a block against coworkers. <laughs> um, I, I'm certain I follow both of you, but that's okay. We follow you. Maybe it's on my burner accounts. <laughs> so, the, Eddie, would you agree? The one that was coolest was not a surprising answer because that's no. I, that's always been like the brand for that person. Right? Yeah, especially the characters that he plays in movies and such fits the bill of him being the coolest celebrity. Uh, so I will just tell you then, Jimmy Keanu Reeves. The guy said Keanu Reeves has been, he goes, I've had Keanu Reeves on my flight and he could not be a nicer guy. Totally normal, totally down to earth, like sat in the middle seat. Uh, he did tell me he was on a flight once um, and I forget the guy, how you say his last name. I apologize. People are going to kill me for it. Lars Ulrich, is that right? The lead singer of Metallica? The lead of Metallica. Anyway, he sat in the middle seat and no one on the flight knew who he was. Um, he said McConaughey, he sat next to as a passenger McConaughey once. would have been a guest. And he said McConaughey was great. He said McConaughey, he goes, man, McConaughey, he said he flew to Hawaii, McConaughey sat next to him, and McConaughey talked the entire time, talked his ear off the entire time. Uh, I have a friend that lived in Austin, Texas, and McConaughey was reputed as being a totally normal, down-to-earth dude. Um, Then I said, okay, so who's the most difficult? And the guy said, well, without question, he goes, the guy that was just kind of the the rudest and just the most, like, you never would have guessed he was famous because he was just gruff and kind of gross was pete rose i'm like that's not, I, it, that's not totally surprising but my encounters with pete rose admittedly have been positive um but he said undoubtedly without he goes you ask anybody in the industry and they will all tell you this person is absolutely the number one rudest most arrogant most difficult most challenging most vociferous negative experience when he's on your flight and everyone in the industry knows it and that's william shatner and I'm like, wait, food hmm. Starship Enterprise for like three years. I and mean, what the hell? You know what I mean? Of course. <laughs> well, who else could possibly match those credentials? Yeah. He's like, look, I usually just say, beam me up. Like, what's taking so long here, right? Uh, Joe Wrights is our guest next. Final hour. Monday after the Colts fall to Jacksonville Jaguars here on Query and Company. Joining us now, one of our favorites. You know him as a part of the Colts radio network and, of course, a former Colton, his own right. Joe Wright's nice enough to take some time with us. Joe, how are you? I'm doing well. It's uh, good to be on here this afternoon. And, yeah, it's rare. I usually don't do anything Mondays because the Monday night Colts roundtable at 6 o'clock tonight we'll be doing live. I thought, you know what, it's a new show. Help you guys out. Week one got a lot of thoughts. So I'm going to give a little appetizer what i'm going to share tonight if that works love it i absolutely love it so joe um i'll just do it this way then go give me your the one thing that like when you were watching the game you thought i can't wait to get this off my chest well i think the biggest thing and the most important thing is anthony richardson and clearly 10 for 40 with his legs had some dynamic plays they didn't run him as much and obviously we couldn't get anything going with Deion jackson or running back game i'll touch on that but 24-37, 24-37, his accuracy in the passing game was better than I thought. Those were his biggest question marks. He did have the one turnover. But I thought overall, if you had told me, what are your expectations for week one, 21-year-old Anthony Richardson, third youngest quarterback ever, he exceeded them on Sunday. And honestly, I know the Colts lost by 10. There's a lot of disappointing things, but that was the biggest positive for me. Joe, we know it's not sexy, but it matters, particularly with the development of a young quarterback. The main takeaway on the Jaguars' side is career high in sacks for Josh Allen. How did you feel the offensive line performed over the course of that game yesterday? 
I thought the offensive line actually played pretty well individually. I thought Ryman, who left tackle, the biggest question mark, held up well on that 39-yard screen to Pittman. He really had a key block with uh, Kylan Granson that took it to the house. I think we struggled schematically a little bit. They got down in a bare defense. So a bare defense is the center's covered up, both guards are covered up. And when you have those three inside guys covered, that's really hard to run the inside zone running scheme, which we did a lot of and do a lot of. And teams did this to us last year. Generally, when you have that, you're either going to say, okay, you're going to cover everybody up and have eight guys in the box. We're going to throw it on first down, or we're going to run some sort of gap scheme or power scheme where you block everybody down, pull a couple of blockers. So I'll be interested to see how Jim Bob Cooter and Shane Steichen correct that from week one to week two because we know the NFL is a copycat league. And when people talk about Deion Jackson, he had a rough day, obviously. The two fumbles, you can't have them. But 13 carries for 14 yards, a lot of it he couldn't get going because they just had that bear scheme going with an extra safety down in the box. And they're daring us to either throw it on first down or they're daring us to take advantage and throw the ball outside the numbers, something we didn't do a lot of yesterday afternoon with that joe you played in the league long enough you would know this answer at the beginning of an nfl season with every season which side of the football is more responding to the other in other words should offenses right now kind of be ahead of defenses and defenses have to eventually get tape on offenses and then you know figure it out on how to slow down, say, an Anthony Richardson? Or is it the other way around? Is it that defenses are created, the ones that are coming up with looks of which teams are totally unfamiliar, and offensively speaking, the outset of the season is the challenge? Yeah, I would say usually defenses are ahead of offenses because defense fly around, find the ball. And if you have – Ten guys that fall asleep on a play and one guy makes a heroic effort, that could be a good defensive play. Counter, if you have ten guys that play great on offense and one guy doesn't do their job, the play can break down. And so I have to remind myself to think, if you're Shane Steichen, and I thought he did a good job of letting Richardson play free and play fast, one big positive, they only had four penalties overall in the game. It looked like he ran the operation well. No huddle, in and out of the huddle. Not really many pre-snap penalties. I thought that was a big positive. But think, if you're Shane Steichen, you're going to really limit the playbook going into a game. Why? Because it frees him up to play fast and not have to think too much. And so for me, all of these contingency plans I'm talking about, if that's something you didn't necessarily rep during the week or you understand if the playbook is 100 pages long, so to speak, you might have had 15 to 20 going into this game. And I think every week we should see a little bit more of that where by the end of the season, our offensive attack is much more diverse. But you got to make sure that you're not giving too much too early because if you're thinking all the time as a quarterback, you're not playing and reacting and doing the things that he does best. Joe, it's one game, and I get that it's one game, right? So our job is to overreact probably, right? No doubt. But Everybody's either in the Super Bowl or their team's going to go 0-17 on the, the Monday <laughs> after the first you're, NFL you're, game. No, you're That's right. That's correct. But uh, having said that, in terms of, you know, Anthony Richardson has, and I know this is a buzz term, he's got arm talent. There's no doubt. He's got a cannon, right? In terms of the Colts' inability to to, to really, or even to, to go towards testing and uncorking that arm with a, a long vertical game, is that most attributed to, A, the Colts don't have yet receivers that were able to get separation, B, they don't have Jonathan Taylor there to kind of keep defenses honest, so defenses were like, we can just drop back. Um, or or C, 
I guess just the the overall scheme of not necessarily testing Richardson at this point and letting him kind of get rhythm before you go there. Yeah, I think it's more B and C. I think, you know, for me, it's the skill positions a little bit. You know, if you're Pittman and Pierce, Delani Woods isn't playing with probably our best deep ball threat from that tight end position. You know, the explosiveness, you know, from the skill positions is something that I thought did not show up on tape. And then again, you factor in uh, Deion Jackson as your starting running back and Jonathan Taylor still on PUP and Zach Moss being hurt. I know Moss practiced a little bit, but didn't get to go. You know, we just didn't necessarily have, you know, our top guys there as a running back. So, again, I think schematically, you know, you can do stuff and you can change week to week, but you also have to just win your one-on-one battle, and that's something that I didn't necessarily think we did as well on the outside um, with our wide receivers. Off the top of your head, Joe, how many NFL games did you start as a lineman where you had a quarterback – that you were blocking for that you had not yet blocked for in a game previously? Let's say, what, five maybe? Something like that? Yeah, not a lot. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is when we won a game with uh, Josh Freeman and Ryan Lindley. We had two quarterbacks the last game of the season in 2015. One ran the regular offense, one ran two-minute. But usually you block with them. But I think, to your point, maybe you're getting that, Jake, is the guys will continue in real-life situations with Richardson to understand him and his tendency Correct. more. And I think that'll only make the Colts better when you realize, okay, this is what's going on. This is the play call, but this might be how he improvs. And again, it's week one. We want to overreact, but at the end of the day, we lose the game 31 to 21. You can look at three stats and you could probably look at these three stats all year. Turnovers. We had three, we were minus one third down and fourth down. We were three of 12 and one of five critical downs were, were four of 17 and red zone. We were one of three and most NFL games at the end of the day, you could close your eyes and not watch a second of anything. You look at those three stats, it's probably going to lead you to the winner, and that's what it did yesterday with Jacksonville. So critical situations, we got to be better. The one that disappointed me the most was short yardage. A couple third and ones, we get stuffed. The fourth and one QB sneak play, we get nothing. we got to be better short yardage, critical situations, because that just kills the drive and, and loses all the momentum. What's the area where you were most pleasantly surprised? Maybe an area, Joe, that you you thought, man, I did not see that coming at all, that you thought was more positive than you would have guessed going in. Yeah, I, I think A, Richardson. I think B, I thought our young corners and secondary really battled. I mean, they got some really talented guys over there. And I thought overall our secondary really, really battled. You know, defensively, I really feel like we played well enough to win the game for the most part, but we did have those couple breakdowns in the fourth quarter. And to me, the game flipped on that punt return. It's 21-17. to 17. We got first and 10 at the 48-yard line. We go three and out, and then we punt the ball. They return it for 50, Agnew down the sideline. They score, interception, they score. And so you could look at the positive side, glass apple, and say, hey, the defense – in the fourth quarter, those two touchdowns, the drives are both less than 50 yards, right? And special teams hurt them, and the offense put them in a bad position. But the good teams, the really good teams, the great teams, they find a way to buck up and hold those guys to field goals. So our fourth quarter woes on defense continued a little bit. But I thought overall defensively, especially the secondary, impressed me that those guys battled against a really talented receiver core and played pretty well. And then Buckner was a monster inside. And Zaire Franklin, I mean, everybody knows, everybody else stopped on that play. But Zaire Franklin, his savviness, and he had 18 tackles. I mean, put a star on him, too. He, he had a phenomenal game from that linebacker position. 
Joe, you already mentioned this a couple minutes ago, but I want to dive deeper into it because we know it's overreaction Monday, but Shane Steichen owned this, and, and I'm sure there's there's reasons for where there could be optimism or how it can be resolved, but you mentioned the struggles on third down and fourth down, and in particular, short yardage. I'm sure it's a combination of all of these, but how much of that is the lack of, I know one game sample size, but the lack of consistency with the running back room slash where the playbook is and Anthony Richardson's first start trying to ease him into things. Yeah, I think it's more probably the playbook. And I think if I'm coaching a 21-year-old rookie, I'm probably going to err on the side of putting less in than more because generally it's an old adage. I think it's probably attributed to Bobby Knight. I've heard him say it, but the, the more you think, the slower your feet are. And you want guys to be able to go in there and play fast no matter what they do, even if you have a 10% of your overall playbook. So I would expect that to continue to move week to week. And, hey, you always make your most improvement in the NFL from week one to week two in the season. It's a real game, you know, 75-plus plays. you got real reps, and now you got film to watch and you got film on Houston. So I'm excited for week two because I really think this is a very uh, winnable game. I think on paper we're the better team against Houston. I think, you know, if we play them on a neutral site, you know, we would be favored in Vegas. And I, I think that it's something that's going to – everybody's going to talk about these two quarterbacks in the matchup. I, I will say I'm glad we got Richardson because I think Stroud's ceiling is much lower. And I think even week one, I thought that just the poise that uh, Anthony had there in the pocket overall, again, it, it impressed me more than I thought I would. And that's been a that's been a repeat line I've been playing in my head. He has continued to impress me more and more than I thought I would. And I think that's just a great sign for the Colts and long-term the future of this franchise. Joe, I've made the analogy before. I've had this recurring dream for like 20 years where I get a tryout for like an NBA team. And I know that I have no business being out there, but like I just get in the zone and I hit like 10, 12 straight shots and I just keep making cuts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually going to make this team. And no one's but me seems to be unaware, seems to be aware of the fact I'm not supposed to be here, right? Like Anthony Richardson feels to me like so far, He's the one guy that hasn't grasped that he's not supposed to be starting at quarterback at the age of 21 in the National Football League. He just, each time that I think the moment might finally be big for him, he seems very composed, and that seems rare. Uh, Am I giving him too much credit here? No, I I don't think so. I think that's a great analogy. He he just continues to impress and get better, and everybody, I think the narrative is, well, he's 21, he's young. He only had 14 starts. How good could he be? How good experience could he be? Yeah, he lacks the experience, but he, he clearly has some innate qualities, some some leadership qualities, the intangibles, whatever you want to call it, that the Colts saw. And, and I continue to be impressed with him and just his operation. When you just watch him just navigate the offense and lead them, I mean, going back to the first preseason game, go, running no huddle and having no pre-snap penalties, getting everybody lined up. So it showed me that his mental capacity is high, and they'll be able to continue to add with him. And I was telling somebody yesterday, you know, it, it might be a tough season for the Colts overall. you got a young talent. And, you know, you just you look at the Colts roster matching up from other teams across the league. But what you want to see more than anything is Richardson get better week one to week two to week seven to week 12 and know that he's your long-term quarterback of the future. I think if you do that, you know, despite what the record might be, that, that probably is the ultimate measure of success with this team and the long-term health of this franchise. Joe Wrights is our guest, of course, the former Colt and member of the Colts radio network, talking about yesterday's game with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Joe, I was um, in Monterey for the IndyCar finale. I took a red-eye flight back last night, which red-eyes are like whiskey. They're a good idea at the time. The next day, you're wondering what the hell you did. 
Um, so I got a total of, I don't know, a couple of hours of sleep on the plane and then a little nap when I got home. Did not sleep well is my point. So my question for you is this. Give me two players on the Colts roster or two members of the organization in some way, shape, or form that probably got the same amount of sleep as I did last night because it was a rough day and they probably were tossing and turning thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, the one that comes to mind is Deion Jackson. I mean, again, he didn't have hardly any yards running the ball. Again, some of that's the offensive line blocking better and schematically I talked about earlier, but that two fumbles, two critical situations, give away two possessions. I mean, that just absolutely kills you. And then the second one I would say is uh, special teams coach uh, Mason, you know, came over from Notre Dame. It's his first NFL game. And again, that was kind of a fluke play, how that bounced. But special teams is an area with a team like this and the Colts roster, you know, that might not be as good on paper as some of the other teams you're going to play. You have to win those hidden yards. You have to win special teams. Special teams often not talked about, right, by anybody, but is an important part of the game. And we gave them 46 on a return to Agnew that really flipped that game. I mean, if we have – they have first and 10 on their own seven-yard line, they're backed up. Who knows how the trajectory of this game would have been. Special teams has got to be an area that we can win week in, week out. So those would probably be the two guys that would come to mind for me. I'll tell you, Joe, one guy that never ceases to really impress me because of – sometimes you see guys that are just naturally gifted. And because they're naturally gifted – they, I'm not going to say they take plays off, but their motor can can maybe level off a little bit. Now you talked about Zaire Franklin, who's a that's every team needs a Zaire Franklin, every team, and regardless of sport, every team needs a Zaire Franklin. But I'm really impressed by DeForest Buckner because here's a guy that was in San Francisco, gets traded here, kind of sees a rebuild before his eyes. I could understand why maybe he would say, "Look, you know, like Stephon Gilmore did, I you know, send me somewhere that's a contender." Um, but he doesn't slow, and and he seems to be the perfect lead-by-example guy in terms of setting the tone for a young team that needs someone to look towards. Would you agree yeah, with that I, assessment? I would agree. Pros, pro. I'm glad you brought him up because had the Colts won this game, the narrative would have been Buckner's game-changing play with Zaire Franklin won the game, right? And that, that's the reality, but we lost. And so we're focused on some of more of the negative things this natural. But, yeah, Buckner's a guy that – Week in, week out, you can count on him. And I agree. He's the guy that plays hard no matter what uh, the situation is and whether it's week one or whether, you know, it's week, you know, 15 and the Colts have lost five in a row like they did down the stretch last year. So he's a he's a great leader in there. And him at Grover, Grover Stewart, that's a dynamic tandem inside. You know, I think that's the least of your worries on defense. You know, to me, it's a little bit, and I know Quiddy Pay had a sack, but a little bit more. How much edge pressure can we get? Because that does concern me with all the good quarterbacks we're going to play. How much edge pressure can we get? Because you can't cover forever, and that pass rush and secondary defense in the pass are tied hand in hand. Joe, the big soundbite, non-Colts division, but featured among Colts Jags post-game quotes was from Trevor Lawrence, and in his comments about Anthony Richardson, he gave a ton of praise for the rookie quarterback and it being a tough spot, but the one that made the rounds was what he said to him after the game, and I'm sure you saw the quote, but he said, I said, great game, you made some unbelievable plays, but just try to protect yourself. The hits add up in this league, and they are a little different than in college. Now, I don't want to, particularly after game one of overreaction Monday, to try to, you know, 
cage the unicorn that Anthony Richardson might be able to develop. But did you feel any similar reactions or or vibes on that same train of thought as that game wore on? Not necessarily, but I think it's a combination of three things. One, it's how many design QB runs do you have? Two, it's a matter of Richardson deciding, you know, mentally, how many times am I going to take off in the pocket and maybe take a hit versus throw it out of bounds? And then three, I call it the Marvin Harrison rule. Nobody was better, in my opinion, watching with, with two real live eyes than Marvin Harrison avoiding hits. And there's a big difference in Richardson taking off, scrambling, and sliding and getting five yards versus taking off and lowering his shoulder break, you know, taking two defenders on and having a lot of content getting eight yards. And I think finding the balance for him, when is it fourth and one in game on the line, and when is it something like, A, I can throw the ball away and punt and live to fight another day, or I can slide, and if I come up short of the first down, I do. And I think that's something, you know, they'll continue to coach him up on. Because, agree, you know, if you're going to take 20 hits a game as a quarterback, that's not good for the longevity of you or your contributions to the franchise. Joe, before we let you go, and I appreciate the time today, Joe Wrights is our guest on the hotline talking about the Colts and Jaguars. Uh, Interesting thing happened for me about a month and a half ago. And we're going to talk more about this on this program. I don't mean you and I, but I will be on Wednesday – Um, I'll kind of be unveiling the name of a new group, a new organization in central Indiana that has come about um, as a vision to help people and an assistance for people with traumatic brain injuries. And we're going to talk more about it and kind of unveil it all on Wednesday. But when they came to me and asked me if I'd be interested in helping spread this word, I said, well, sure, but, you know, send me some more information. And then they sent me a video to watch talking about the necessity and the assistance for people with traumatic brain injury. And lo and behold, the two spokespeople for that are you and your wife. And I could tell the passion that you had for it. You're a guy that grew up in this area. You went to Hamilton Southeastern. You played for the Colts, obviously. You still you know, raise your family here. And I could tell what it meant to you to be able uh, to kind of be trusted with helping out people that, quite frankly, are a part of the population that maybe have – been overlooked in terms of the good that is being done to help people around central Indiana. Uh, Take me through just your motivation for being a part of the awareness for what we're going to talk more about on Wednesday. Yeah. And and I'll continue and and not necessarily share the name, you know, and, and keep the tease. Is that what you call on the radio? Sure, That's right. Till till Wednesday. But yeah, I think traumatic brain injury is something that there's a hundred thousand people in the state of Indiana that have been affected by it. And I think, you know, Joe and I's passion is, is we know some people personally that have experienced it. And we also understand, you know, I played nine years in the NFL, and, and you understand there's risks involved, right? But how much time and money and energy we devoted to concussion research and the game's safer than it's ever been. But you kind of know what you're signing up for when you're playing football. Traumatic brain injury, you, you could be riding your bike, you should could fall off a scooter, you could slip getting out of the shower. And these are people that have lived their whole life in a normal way and been super high-functioning adults and people. And all of a sudden, your life changes in a snap. And you're left with something that makes you almost a shell of yourself. And having the community, having the support, having the, the friends and family around, other people with similar situations that understand what you're going through, there's a one-of-a-kind deal that's happening right here in central Indiana and Indianapolis is going to be a first mover nationally to help people with TBI or traumatic brain injury. It's very cool. And my wife, Jill and I are very passionate about it and glad to be, you know, a a part of the project in a small way being, you know, spokespeople for it. And you know, Joe, when you, when you meet and you hear the motivating 
story, the genesis of how this all came about and, you know, the caretakers for people with traumatic brain injury, uh, that's when, you know, all you have to do is is meet the people that you and I have met with this and that's where you go, I'm all in, man. What can I do? I'm all in. And, and I'm hopeful that people in this great community are, are going to be exactly that. And I look forward to getting the word out with you starting on Wednesday and trying to create as much interest, as much awareness, I guess is a better way of saying it, and, of course, the funds for it as well. So I appreciate you guys being on board with it. Yeah, for sure, and you as well, Jake. Uh, really appreciate you and, and your time and efforts, and it's going to be awesome. And, yeah, look forward to you sharing more uh, coming up on Wednesday. Well, Joe, we'll let you get back to work uh, with the normal 8 to 5. I appreciate the time today and look forward to talking to you over the course of the season, not just about the Colts periodically, but also about the initiative that will get started on Wednesday. Awesome. Well, sounds good. Thanks, fellas. All right, we'll see you. That's Joe Wrights again on the hotline. By the way, um, I'll be giving you a website on Wednesday where you can watch the video, the, the, the very passionate video from Joe and his wife talking about um, what we are going to kind of launch in terms of an awareness of helping people out here in central Indiana. And I, like Joe, I grew up here, so I have a great love and passion for this area, and I'm thrilled to be able um, to help out a, a group of people that are in need of some help right now. We'll continue the hiring process for the company, by the way, and get your thoughts on Colts and Jags, most importantly, as we come back on the other side and then eventually in a little bit hand it off here to John. You're listening to 93.5, The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You know, I, I was really happy with myself, kind of kind of proud like a, that ever since I named Eddie the CEO of the Aquarian Company, He's had this permanent grin on his face. It's been fun to watch, uh, almost like I wonder what he's up to. And and then <laughs> that was the Eddie I knew before. That's right. <laughs> he got the CEO title. And, and then I and because Eddie, a fairly stoic individual, Eddie, I I, I named you the CEO, and you, it, I'll be honest with you, it, it almost became a dumb grin on your face, like you just had this like permanent f- smile on your face, right? Um, I suppose. And then. You know who you look like? I'll tell you who you look like. Sal Vulcano. Who's that? Practical Jokers. You know uh, I'm never going to unsee that now. Thank those you. Those guys on Practical Jokers uh, commented on a tweet of mine one time. I've never liked them. I'm sure they're nice guys, though. Uh, when you have the the big grin on your face, you look like Vern in Stand By Me when he remembers his comb. That's a way back reference you probably don't recall. But, um but then I give you the shrimp chips, and you haven't smiled since. You took one That's bite of them. Not and- true at all. <laughs> Jake giveth the smile, and Jake true. take it away. That's what you, he he took one bite of the chips, and then all of a sudden it was like gone. By the way, uh, maybe because of that, because I gave Eddie the wasabi shrimp chips, and he didn't like them. Maybe he's decided that it's time to find a job as a CEO uh, of another company. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like the querying company. I heard rumblings about putting feelers out there. I don't know. That's if right. That's true well, or not, but then Eddie can join amongst the other listeners that could go 
to the fan job fair coming up Wednesday. That's a week from this Wednesday, September 20th, from 10 until 4 o'clock for the Radio 1 Martin University Career Fair, supported by Quest Diagnostics. You can get your foot in the door, have your resume reviewed. That is right there. Fabulous to have your resume reviewed by HR professionals and get a free headshot. So just simply spruce up what you are going to be able to give to prospective employers and see what's out there. This is a great event that's going to be taking place. Martin University, again, 10 until 4, one week from Wednesday. All supported by Quest Diagnostics. You can find out all the information necessary at 1075thefan.com. We you also imagine- have IMS tickets to give away, which will do in a little bit. Can you imagine how many people you have set up for further success for the job fair because they already have a new job title ready to roll on their resume going into that? Do you think anybody puts on their resume that they're a part of Query and Company? I hope so. I All hope right. that you you talk about your dream about somebody coming up to you and saying they're part of the company. Yeah. My dream is for somebody to tell me, Jimmy, I've put the company as part of my resume. Now, I did have somebody say that they they're interested in being the official merchandiser of Query and Company. So we got that. Uh, Percy is going to be the treasurer for the PBR party for the Aquarian Company, the afternoon matinee party. A Diet Coke's perfectly sufficient if people would like to indulge. Uh, And then we had Paul, who uh, he is the director of Giddiness, right? So we're we're giving away positions. But we're also talking about the Colts yesterday against the Jags. Michael joins us on the program for his official uh, job, I guess, interview here, the hiring process for Aquarian Company. Michael, you're on. What's up? Do we have Michael? There we go. All right. Sorry, Michael. Go ahead. Well, I'm I'm calling from Louisville. I don't know if you expanded the company into this region yet. You know what, Michael? We we are thrilled. We we would be thrilled to have the company go. You know, we already had. Uh, I've got a Dubuque, Iowa branch, um, and so yes, for you now to be part of the branch from Louisville is much. Into, did you go to high school in Louisville? Uh, just south of here, actually, in Hardin County, Kentucky. Okay, and have you been? Have you had an L eight before? I have. Yes. Have you eaten at Twig and Leaf? I have also eaten there. Yes. Ditto's. Have you gone to Ditto's from time to time? I also there. Michael, you're hired. See that you, right there? <laughs> Boom. You had yes, common so ground with right the hiring with the hiring process, so you are in. Uh, what's your thoughts on yesterday's Colts game? Well. I think I'm going to have to be part of the pessimistic crowd. Okay. And uh, roof's closed for Michael. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> the, here's the problem. Here's here's how I saw it. Um, very high on Anthony Richardson. Don't get me wrong. But for two reasons, um, that fourth quarter yesterday for me was a masterclass in coaching ineptitude, and showed that a new coach has a lot to learn. Um, he even admitted it at one point, the interception, he said, look, we didn't have a great route called on that play for a cover two, and yet he let him run the play. And I got to be honest, the time management at the end just destroyed me. The decision-making overall reminded me of what we saw last year with Frank Reich. So I'm just, I'm a little concerned about it. I don't think you're alone in, in that regard in terms of the coaching. Michael, and I appreciate the call. Louisville's a great city, by the way. Um, had a lot of friends that lived there right out of college. My best friend growing up still lives there. Uh, Love Louisville. So a lot of fun stuff down there, a lot of fun things to do. Um, I, I don't think that the criticism of Shane Steichen, that he's alone there. I've had a lot of people that have pointed out to me today that, that he thought the Colts flat out got outcoached yesterday. Um, it's one game, right? I, Shane Steichen, I think that we – 
we make so much out of Anthony Richardson that we probably overlook the fact that, in fact, um, there is also going to be learning curve for Shane Steichen. I got this yesterday. Jake, quite possibly the worst coaching play calling debut I've ever witnessed. Thank goodness, though, it is just one game. Jake Steichen came from the same coaching tree as Frank Reich. Um, yeah, so maybe at times conservative. I, I thought they probably didn't use Richardson's legs enough, crazy as that sounds, considering that the running lanes were closed everywhere else. But your overall assessment, Jimmy? The two things that have not irked me, but where I want to apply reassurance to Colts fans for, for thoughts like that on the coaching being bad or where things were. Joe Wright's answered part of this, which is that it was by no means an exotic look for Anthony Richardson yesterday in terms of what was asked of him. It, it, it was it was a very simple structure in terms of how the offense is going to flow yesterday, and it was hampered even further by the fact that, what, 26 combined yards by ball carriers not named Anthony Richardson. So yeah, I mean, off the top, that's going to set up your team for failure, what you wanted to do, which was ease in your rookie quarterback in his debut. That said, short yardage execution, just mind-bogglingly frustrating. I get that. Those are things that Shane Steichen's going to own. But for me, why I'm not upset or frustrated after one game in that department is whether you want to... You can't blame Steichen for the Jonathan Taylor situation. That's not his responsibility. It's Chris Ballard's and it's Jonathan Taylor's. They were handcuffed partially going in yesterday, and it was a rookie quarterback who all we've heard for the last, I don't know, since the second he was drafted and before that as well post-combine is, well, look at the lack of starts and look at his accuracy issues. 65% was his completion percentage yesterday, and he never looked overwhelmed in that moment. As they continue to stabilize things and open things up for him, if there's still complaints about Shane Steichen's ability from as a play caller standpoint, he's either going to A, give that up, or B, he will be out of a job. Right. So I would just give it time, Colts But it's going to be – Trevor Lawrence yesterday is a prime example, Jimmy. Trevor Lawrence was the number one selection in the draft. He was the biggest can't-miss product, arguably, as much as Luck, as much as Manning, and – had every credential for his entire career coming in. They had a total clown show that he walked into in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer and all that went on with that. You know, it's actually a credit to Trevor Lawrence that that didn't automatically derail him, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. The receiver that, you know, he, they get they go out and get a receiver that's suspended. Then they went out and got Kirk. It was, it was really good for him in year two. And you saw yesterday, sure, he had a, a couple of throws he probably wants back. But when it came down to it, he made a couple of throws that show why he was the number one player selected in the draft. And that's year three, right? Year yes. three. And just year two with a coach, um, you know, a legitimate NFL coach. So that shows that the, the Richardson-Steichen combination is going to be given time. It's going to be given more than just a year. Uh, Damon. What's up, Damon. Hey, I want to join the company. Yes, sir, Damon. You are. And now, uh, let me know what division you'd like to work. I want to join the spiritual division. I'm a pastor. I want to be the official pastor of the company. Now, Damon, I I absolutely appreciate that. Um, hopefully, as a pastor, uh, I'm hoping this is the case. I don't know how much you've listened to the program, but... I'm hopeful that there haven't been too many opportunities where you've thought that suddenly your services were critically needed, right? It's always needed, don't get me wrong, but you get what I'm saying there, right? 
I just want to be a good, positive influence on you boys. Well, I, I, hey, I, I am all about that, Damon. So you are hired. You are the official. Uh, Damon, your title within Query and Company is you are spiritual advisor. Is that fair? And that's good. And I have a connection with Jimmy. You know, I, I grew up in Indiana, but I spent three and a half years going to seminary in Kansas City. And I know what a Raider hater party is. <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough for me. <laughs> so, and so, you know, and Jack Stack Barbecue. So, you know, you know, so I'm a Colts fan, but it was interesting living in Kansas City as a Colts fan. So, especially when I was living there the uh, that year when it was so cold and we made that uh, – that run and the was it 96 or whatever it was and it was so freaking cold so yeah lynn elliott baby that was it yep so i enjoy you guys i i i moved away in ohio for six years and moved back a year ago and i listened to 1070 and and um on iheart radio you kept it say you kept me sane living in a and amongst the browns and steelers and and you guys hey, are great. I'll tell you what, Damon. I appreciate the call. How about the Browns yesterday? I, I mean, th- there's. I'm doing the race yesterday with Alex Wolf, who's a who is from Ohio and is a huge Browns fan. And like the whole, they were kind of giving us score updates at times throughout the race in the intercom, and <laughs> they kept saying the Browns score. And Alex is like, "Don't tell me the score. <laughs> You're gonna jinx it. Don't tell me the score." That is a quintessential Browns fan, A. And then B, yeah, if you're having overreaction Monday in Cleveland right now, it is where do I sign up to bet the Browns to win the North? That's the well, type of overreaction you're having today. And you know, I mean, the Browns spent a ton of money on Deshaun Watson, and he was not the reason they won that game. Right? No. I mean, that was, a, that was a defensive... Defense of the highest order, yep. Defensive win for sure. Uh, by the way, we have tickets to give away to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. A lot of people talking yesterday, it was like, oh, you know, it's the end of the racing season. And folks at IMS were like, well, not really, because we still have upcoming the IMSA race. That's a sports car, of course. WeatherTech Challenge at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road uh, road course. We have tickets to give away. I believe it's for the Saturday session. Is that right, Eddie? Sunday session. Sunday session. The 17th. Which means that is the, the end-all, be-all. So you're going to see the championship-level racing sports car in terms of IMSA at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Tickets are available at IMS.com or, as always, available right here. we got a pair of them to give away, and we will do it for caller number. What number would you like to go with, Eddie? Jimmy, I picked last week. Six. Caller number six at 239-1070. You will be on your way for Sunday's race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the WeatherTech uh, Battle at the Bricks in terms of the championship for sports cars. We will send you on your way. We'll come back and put a bow tie on it as well here. It's Quarry and Company, 93.5-1075, The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Jay Cook Plays of the Day. This is me, all right? I'm not a... 
Athlete, this is my way. This is how I win. The finale of week one tonight. New York Jets versus the Buffalo Bills. Here's some bets for you. We're going to take Aaron Rodgers over one and a half touchdown passes tonight. We're going to do the same for Josh Allen over one and a half for him. Give me Stephon Diggs as an anytime touchdown score. And I'll take the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets on the money line. One baseball bet as well. Astros one and a half on the run line against the Athletics. Jake, one news item coming in at the end of the day for Shane Steichen's Monday presser. Anthony Richardson hurt left knee in first quarter. Per Kevin Bowen, a little bit of ankle soreness late. Said AR could have gone back in. Also, Evan Hull with his knee could miss some time. That from Shane Steichen. Uh, Evan Hull in particular, look, obviously an area of need, right? So one thing of note there. Um, I just got a text. Hey, Jake, driving around listening, and you sound really tired. I don't want to sound tired. I That was the last gig, right? <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be new and refreshed. What do I always say, though? Red eyes are like whiskey. Good idea at the time. And then the next day, you're like, what in the world was I thinking? But it was good to end the IndyCar season. The finale in Monterey. Had a lot of fun with the guys and gals from the radio network. And then uh, now to go kind of all in on Query and Company and dedicate the time to it. So we had fun today, even if Eddie didn't like the chips. I I worked so hard. Okay, I didn't. I initially did not like them. They're not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see? Have you shared them with anybody? I shared it with you, and I shared it with Jimmy. That's our first James, pivot James by our Adams. CEO, by the way. First, first pivot of his tenure right there. <laughs> That's right. We need you to be more stern in your stances as the CEO. <laughs> uh, John's up next. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back with you again at noon tomorrow. Jane be up next on The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.